0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 Dilly D.
1: Hola, ¿cómo estás? Yo soy el Dr. Singuete y conmigo siempre es. ¿Qué? Liga McIntuere. La Viva La
0: Yeah. The
1: Ayatollah of vodka.
0: Da, 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 I'm just a love machine. And, and I don't work, work for, work for nobody life. but you. Ooh, ooh, ooh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I always think of fucking Up and Smoke. I don't even think of that fucking song. Who did that, that,
0: War or somebody? No. Uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember the name, but I yeah, did have Cheech a... Cheech
1: Marine, man. That's who did it. <laughs> Marin, whatever.
0: Mexican Americans don't like to get up in the morning, but they well, have to, to so they school. do it very yeah, slowly.
1: Anyway, uh, we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, aren't we?
0: Yes, we are. All right, fuck it. Let's get into the news on this episode.
1: Well, yeah, and I think we got to talk about something that very sad that happened today.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, in my opinion there was a couple of very sad things happened today. Yeah, but, the uh, guy
1: from the Smithereens that I don't really know much about, but it's sad that he died. If you want to get that out of the way, I'm sure you're into that shit.
0: Uh yeah, and and that's that that's a band like like knowing what you love musically, I think that's a band if you delved into that more, you would absolutely fucking love because I know your taste and I really really think you would like them if, if you just delved a little bit more in their their catalog. Uh, unfortunately lead singer Pat DiNunzio passed away and you know had been suffering from health problems for quite a few years now and uh, you know it was one of those uh, uh, diseases and the medications he had to take caused like enormous weight gain. Kind of like the shit that happened to Lou Graham. You know how Lou Graham changed so much because all the fucking you know Medzi had to take in the music like Pat Nunzio got very large but they were an amazing really an amazing fucking band and they used to do this thing uh, because they had a very strong you know cult following where if you paid uh, enough money they would come play at your house wow thank you Ralph for mentioning that and and let me talk about uh, uh, Pat Nunzio because his music did mean a, a lot to me. I mean,
1: ain't, the, ain't anything about you
0: Wayne. Yeah. It, it really didn't mean a lot to me, but I know this next person, um, meant a lot to me. Uh, I mean, it meant a lot to you more than me, even though I like this person. You knew his catalog way more than I did. I own course. everything
1: he ever recorded. And, uh, we're talking about world Dane that I've met yes. on several occasions. And uh, on one of the occasions, he bought me a beer. Uh, you want to That's talk hot. about? You want to talk about the nicest guy? Uh, I put up a picture. I have, I have several pictures with him, but my favorite picture of me with Warrel was when they opened for Merciful Fate in St. Petersburg, and we literally had to hold him up for the picture because he was so drunk. And he was a funny drunk. He was, and he was always drunk. I mean, except like the first, maybe the first time. I mean, I sure, he had a couple beers in him, but. I mean, I ta- every time I met him, he was completely sloshed.
0: So he's like me, but with talent. Uh,
1: he's like you, but uh, without attacking me. Oh, oh, you know, He's oh, like, oh, God. wow, you like shit that I hate? Cool, buddy. Give me oh, another beer. Lo- let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a four-hour special on World Dane. And, uh, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first time I heard his voice, Battle Angels off the first Sanctuary album, totally fucked me up. I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? this guy like amazing fucking high pitch and what an album Refuge the Night is to me historic Dave Mustaine produced it and played on it um, and uh, took him out on the road and I'll never forget the first time seeing World Dane uh, I mean Sanctuary was uh, they opened for Megadeth and Warlock and you know the stage was so packed that the drummer had the drums on the left side of the stage I mean the right side of the stage facing the br- the
0: that had to be an amazing show. Did you see that at a club?
1: Yeah, so well, I saw it at the Cameo Theater, which is like a the- it's a movie theater basically. I used wow. to see I used to see movies there before. Wow. But that was the most historic uh late 80s club in South Florida. I mean, you name it. I saw Exodus, uh Celtic Frost there. I saw um King Diamond there twice. I saw Motörhead,
0: Slayer, and Overkill ah. all
1: on one bill there um
0: so was that me. so was that like the the so far so good so what yeah the, tri- the triumph and agony and the yes. re- refuge denied to her yes oh wow yeah it, it,
1: it, it's a it's a serious blow you know because when i got home this morning you know there was no news of his death so i took my morning nap and when i woke up i saw it and i was like oh you got to be fucking kidding me so the first thing i did was Go on Blabbermouth to see if it was true And sure enough, you know And he was in the process of uh, recording his second solo album And man, you want to talk about a criminally underrated album You want to listen to something that'll make you cry Listen to the song Brother from his first album From his first solo album Oh my god, it's like It's heart-wrenching You know, and he did sing a lot of songs about You know, without being grungy You know, there was a lot of depression in his uh, lyrics you know, the guy lived a hard life And you listen to Brother, you understand The guy's come from a broken home And, you know, and uh, I, I've been a huge fan I know they've been in my pick of the week several times Sanctuary and Nevermore And I'm sure I even did World Dane's solo album Because I love that fucking album And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a serious blow Hearing that today So, uh, I just I, I initially was going to do um, You know, a tribute to him On my radio show where i play, like, a couple songs an hour, but I was like, dude, I have enough material to do four hours of World Dane, you know? And, right. uh, so, yeah, so this is a very, very sad day for me. And he he died on the same day as Chuck Schalbach from, uh, death. Yeah, he died, yeah he died wow. Death.
0: Yeah, that's right, because I saw a post this morning that was about, uh, b- before the news got out, I saw a post about it being the anniversary of, uh, uh, of uh, Chuck's death. Well, the first thing I saw was about Pat DiNunzio, and then I saw the thing about Chuck uh, from death, and then I saw the thing about Warl, and I was like, oh, man. God man. damn, what a, a, a fucked up Wednesday. But I, I, I need to check out his shit more, you know, and check out Nevermore, and uh, check out that. that. Uh, For me,
1: the best thing he ever done was Into the Mirror Block, the second Sanctuary album. You like,
0: you like that better than Refuge Night, huh? Yes.
1: I think it's more. Uh, uh refined and and just perfect it's just a perfect yeah. fucking album I liked it, everything he did i mean I, I wasn't a big fan of the god in ever that was like the only one that i i, I would say uh, maybe i'll give it another chance but I, I i have it i listened to it a couple times and, and i was done with it they did release an album uh oh my god what's the name of it something reality uh where the, it, it was so bad uh, it sounded so bad that they actually had to go back in the studio and, and remix it. And, it. and then it came out amazing. You know, the enemy of reality. This, the song. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it, it's, it's really a, a terrible loss uh, for metal in general. For the people that know, I mean, I know a lot but. of our listeners are not aware of Sanctuary and they probably won't even give it a chance, but what no, but I,
0: I, I did see a lot of posts uh, in his honor today, and I thought that was great. Well, I know uh,
1: Nitroglycerin's been a fan. I remember he mentioned uh, Nevermore and Sanctuary to me several times, but
0: right, uh, he's about right. It. But but no, I, I I saw multiple posts on on different uh, pages and everything, and uh, you know I thought it was cool for for somebody that that you know you would consider underground, you know, definitely not mainstream metal. Uh, people showed a lot of respect, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. And uh, sad for his loss, and uh, you know, saddened that, that it took that for me uh, to check out more of his catalog. But I'm definitely going to, because, man, when I listened to Refugee, and, and I was listening to that while I was looking at the news for today, I was like, God damn, I love this fucking album. You know, but I need to hear that that into the blackout. I got it, but I haven't listened to it. Oh yet. my god! Because I I was just kept listening to uh, to refuge over and over. It's but I,
1: it's it's okay. such a great fucking album. You know, it's like uh, they really do capture that moment lyrically. You know, it's like the first song, future tense, is about going into the nineties. Like, what right. the fuck's gonna happen to us now? You know, uh, they right. weren't quite. You know, because it was a very confusing time at that time. And crack. You know, there's. Uh, uh, song on there about, you know, one more murder, which was the crack epidemic going on at the, at the moment. And uh, it was just, it, it's just a great fucking album. Communion, uh, Taste Revenge. It, it's just every song, the title track. Oh my God. It's just a great album. I know that had to be my pick of the week song at some point doing this because it's one of my favorite albums, you
0: know. I know.
1: So rest in peace. Uh, Warl Dane. What a, what a tremendous loss. I got news I want to discuss. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the Dio hologram. Okay. Now, you know how I feel about this. You know, I've, I've been very outspoken supporter of the hologram. Yes. While well, well, the rest of the internet is bashing it, saying it's not
0: right. Bah, 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 bah.
1: Well, I saw the footage. And holy fuck, it sucked. It was <laughs> terrible. It was so bad. I don't even know if that was Dio, because I saw the footage of him doing uh, Heaven and Hell, and the way he was moving, Dio never moved like that. It was so animated and terrible, I was totally shut off from it. But I still, I'm not against it because, oh, they're doing this, uh, how dare she. I'm doing it because it's just terrible. The the, the hologram's bad. I mean, it looks like he's on stage. I'm not saying the production's bad. I'm just saying the actually the hologram they used
0: right. it's
1: so bad. It's so bad and hokey and the way he's moving around it's like dude, Dio never was like walked around like doing these weird moves like he was doing in that hologram. Yeah. So now <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm joining you guys, you haters, <laughs> but for, but but for different reasons, you know? Right. I'm not doing it because you know, you, you know all you motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, this is my point though, you know? It's like, look at look at me. Look at me. Everybody should learn a lesson from me. This is a guy that was supporting it and saw it and said, you know what, this shit sucks. A lot of people can't do that out there. You know, some, oh, no, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And then they go see it, and they see it sucks, and they're like, well, I don't want people to know the truth, so I'm going to pre- still pretend I'm for it. You know? It's like, fuck you, man. Be more like me, you bitch. Like I did on my latest episode. You know, my latest Viera Vault, I do a lot of bitching on it. Yes, and I do. and I say and and I know I know for a fact, people are gonna listen to that and unsubscribe to me, never listen to me again, and I can't be happier about that. Cause fuck them, fuck. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of these so called music fans that have to bitch about shit without even knowing facts and knowing anything. They just want to like you know. Oh, I, I you know. Remember uh, Ian, which one of the the major subjects on my on my was about Axl Rose and ACDC. Yes, sir. Where I even brought up in the me and you when it first was announced or the rumors, we were yeah. like, dude, this could be a good idea.
0: Yeah, you know? and, and, and for, for the record, uh, you, you know, I'm I'm very much not a huge Axl Rose fan, but I was like, hey, this could work, but I'm not sure. But when I heard it, I was like, you know what, that works. Yeah, and, and, and I'm like. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, just because I think Chinese democracy is a steaming pile of shit, and and most Guns N' Roses is a steaming pile of shit, I admit when I'm wrong. And I, you know, even though I I, I didn't say it, you know, right off the bat it was gonna suck. <coughs> but when I saw it, I said, no matter what I feel about Axel, this is good, and I
1: admitted it. It was good. Yeah. Know? And the reason I bring bring this subject up because. A lot of people that were dead against it when they saw the footage, I got to hand it to them. A lot of people were like, dude, you know what? I can't believe this shit's that good. This yeah. is actually good. There were Axel haters that ended up loving it. But then, yeah. you know, this whole episode that I did spurred from some guy that put up a picture of Axel. You know, it's probably one of those bullshit websites that says, oh, Axel and, and, well, it has to be a bullshit website because it says Axel and Angus are working on new material. Dude, Malcolm just died. You know he's not working on shit. Uh, but you know, but then people are like, "Don't do it," and other people, "It'll ruin your legacy." You know, right. fuck. You. I mean, you listen to my episode. I'll go into the whole oh, legacy yeah. thing.
0: I, I listened to the episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: the legacy thing. It's like, what the fuck is up with? You're gonna ruin your legacy. Name me one fucking band that ruined their legacy. One, one. There's no band in the history of music. Period that has tried to ruin their legacy as much as Metallica, you know? Right. I mean, name me one band that, like, really, really fucking did, you know, and, and they, well, oh, now that I think uh, about it, now that Kiss. I think, <laughs> oh, Kiss, come on, and Kiss, look at Kiss, I mean, but Kiss, Kiss is a, you know, now they're just a joke, and they are, they are but Kiss has been a roller coaster. That, you know, remember Creatures of the Night? They were like, nobody cared anymore, and uh, now nobody cares anymore again, but they still love them in Europe. But now I just thought of a band that did ruin their
0: legacy, <laughs>
1: uh, exactly. and, and that was Celtic Frost. <laughs> I just forgot about it. It Just came to me now. Well, but there.
0: I, I, I mean that, that that's a matter of opinion. Because no, no, no. My,
1: it killed the band, though. It killed them.
0: Right. You but know what? A lot, wh- wh- a lot whether, of people.
1: Yeah. A a lo- of, not a lot, but there's people that like Hole Lake. Yeah, I understand that. But no
0: no, it, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, is there's people who thought they redeemed themselves with the album after that, and and Monolost, which you didn't like, but I, I liked very much. And I know a lot of people like Mono Lost,
1: So You see, I was about to say I was wrong, but yeah, you know you're right because when I saw that tour, uh, the reunion tour, they headlined uh, the Culture Room they packed the fucking place. Before Cold Lake, they couldn't even fucking come down here. The only right. time they were down here was opening up for Anthrax and Exodus. You know, third band on the bill. So, their legacy <laughs> even with Cold Lake was... There's no band that can ruin their legacy, you fucking idiots. They yeah, can only it, lu- ruin legacies to hardcores. But you know what? Us hardcores don't matter when it comes to putting asses in
0: seats. Yeah, and most hardcores will still show up to the show and go, oh, it sucked, but I paid for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know? you know, there's a lot of hardcores that would refuse to see Metallica. You know what I mean? But fuck them. Metallica's still selling out stadiums. We don't need yeah. you. That's what I was saying in that post. It's like, stay home. Don't see Axel Rose with ACDC. You know, and then one guy was like, yeah, well, look, they fucking, look at all these people refunding their tickets and I and I said, I, I gave them two points. One, isn't it awesome that ACDC allowed you to refund the tickets? Yeah. I mean, I think that's class. Number two, yeah. those tickets that were refunded were bought up. You know? Yeah. So, so, you guys that don't want to go stay home, don't worry about yeah. it. They're still going to pack a fucking arena. They don't need you. Just like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't like Def Leppard, but Def Leppard will still pack a place, and I won't have to go Black Sabbath without Bill Ward. I didn't go. I don't want to see that shit. Well, I no, did you, go. You
0: went? <laughs> no, no. I'm
1: saying the last time they toured, right, it you, didn't. You, you... It right. didn't come here. But if it would have the the, the right. farewell tour, I swear to you, I wouldn't have went. The only reason I went to that one because not only was I front row, but it was a goddamn
0: free ticket. But you know, like with the ACDC thing, you brought up a great point. People are like, oh, Mark Starachi from uh, Crocus. Who, or, who can't or, sing anymore. Or Angry Anderson from uh, Rose Tattoo. You know, uh, hey, yeah. bo- both great singers. I love it. But you can't deny they made a smart choice because, you know, I-, I would say just as many people were like turned off by Axel singing for ACDC, there was just as many, if not more, that were drawn to see Will like, no, it was what definitely gonna more. Be? Definitely you know? more. Don't Dang. let don't let the, the hardcores
1: fool you, because Guns N' Roses just is like what, uh, the highest selling rock and roll band, uh, who, the tour that just happened. No yeah. band in in their genre of rock has sold as much as Guns N' Roses putting a pack in fucking stadiums, you know. So oh. don't 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 let these fucking people fool you that you know, cause cause just cause you don't like it, you think it's gonna be a oh. flop. No, hey. bitch you hardcores and I'm one and I'm a hardcore we don't fucking matter in the in the in the long run we don't fucking matter as far as getting
0: uh, people in their seats we just right. don't and I, I told you as a music fan I would rather hear an Axl DC album than a new Guns N' Roses album because I have no faith in Guns N' Roses without Izzy Stradlin. I have faith that Axel could do a good goddamn AC DC album you know, I, I mean, I mean, honestly, I, 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 really do, and I would be a first day fucking buyer. Yeah, you know, but I, I, I just wanted, you know, to get back. I, I know we got a little bit off topic, and that's what we do. But to get back at this uh, deal hologram, um, I did watch the videos, and I was kind of like, like you, like kind of, whoa, what is this? But at the same thing, same time, I put it in perspective. Uh, I'm looking at what some asshole recorded on his phone. So maybe it looks better uh, live than it does, you know, on somebody's phone. But I did notice what you said about the weird mannerisms and the way he acted. And if you watch the whole video, at some point, Donkey Kong comes out and starts throwing barrels. And Dio jumps over the barrels.
1: <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> See, now I support
0: it again. I, 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 mean, I mean, that that's what it looked like. But you know what really... You know what really changed my mind about this shit? Because you were the guy like, "Hey, I'll check this out." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know about this shit." But when I was watching other video from the from the tour, when fucking Ripper Owens came out and sung the Dio shit, holy fuck, is that dude a chameleon? You think this cocksucker can sound? I, I don't mean cocksucker. I, I love Ripper Owens, but I mean, you think this guy can sound like fucking Hallford? Holy shit! Did he sound like Dio on the Dio songs? And then you got Only Logan from Lynch Mob, who I love Lynch Mob, but this guy comes out, does his part, and you can totally see him not knowing the words, looking at a teleprompter like, mm, 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 "Shit!" But Ripper Owens came out and owned that fucking shit. I would pay just to see Dio's disciples with Ripper Owens sing. For that alone, I mean, you, you, you throw up a CGI of fucking Dio. I, I don't know. Jury's out on that motherfucker. But from what I heard of Ripper Owens doing the Dio songs, did you watch those videos, Rob? No, but I saw the Dio
1: Disciples. Not with Ripper. I did see him with Owens, oh, but oh, I also oh. saw him with the amazing wig-wearing, uh, goddammit, what's his name? <laughs> uh, jo- uh, the, jo- the, JoLynn Turner? No, the tri- the trilogy album. Uh, Mark Bowles. Oh my God, he was amazing doing the Dio stuff,
0: dude, dude. Dude, you you gotta see Ripper doing the Dio shit. Ripper, I I mean, I mean, seriously. No, I've seen it. I've seen it on YouTube. Oh my God, it it was fucking amazing. So I would go. Just I saw him for do that, heaven and hell. You know, and like my big thing is, you know, you know very controversial. You know, in, in my uh, little corner of the universe, there's a big thing about there's gonna be a tour. With a a Frank Zappa hologram, which I have very, very mixed emotions about. There's part of me like, no, no, I don't support this at all. And there's another part of me like, I just love Frank's music so much. I want to go see it. Uh, But, you know, I'm like, oh, no, I'm on Team Dweezil. And there's like, oh, no, I'm on, uh, you know, Amit, you know. And it's so fucking divided.
1: My personal opinion, don't be on any teams. Go see it. Yeah. If you love Frank Zappa, go fucking
0: see it. Yeah, well, th- well, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I got a thing. Like, there are certain things. Like, on some shit, you take a moral ground on what you stand and what you believe in and what you believe in putting your money behind. And, and I'm a firm believer in that is the greatest way you vote on shit, is what you will support with your wallet. And if you don't believe in something, don't put your money behind it. So in, in in that I'm fucking torn, but I, I I just love Frank's music so much. It's like I I don't know what to do. But seeing this Dio thing, and you know when I saw the the videos you saw, I was like, man, it looks herky jerky. And yeah, I don't remember Dio moving like that. And like you know what is this like like Legend of Zelda or is this fucking yeah? It was so <laughs> bad. It was you know was... or is was... this fucking fucking holy diver, and I was thinking the same it's thing. It's like,
1: what then. did they do? Superimpose Dio's head on Juan
0: Crucier? Yeah, you, you know. On point, Janet Gears? <laughs> yeah, at one point you do see Dio licking the bass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, man. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it's one of those things at the same time, like, like hearing Dio's voice again is like magic, you know? And one of those, I love Dio so much. You know, when Dio died, I ran out the next day. And I've got, you know, the Dio logo tattooed on my arm. I got, you know, the year he was born, the year he died on that, you know. And, like, it was funny. The tattoo parlor I went to, like, everybody's running out getting Dio tattoos. They already had a stencil with the Dio logo. So they could just, like, put it on your arm, trace it, and tattoo it. I'm like, no, I want something a little bit different. So I got, you know, uh, I'm looking at it right now, but I can barely see it. (laughs) But, you know, it's got the year he was born, the year he died because I wanted something a little bit different, a little bit more special, because Dio was so special to me, and and, and, and part of when I discovered heavy metal. So it, it, it I wasn't just like a, a Johnny-come-lately. It was something that meant something to me. So when I go see something like this, and I got to see Dio solo, I got to see Dio with Heaven and <coughs> uh, with Black Sabbath, you know, it, it, it meant something to me. Uh, as bad as the videos were, like I said, the defining factor of why I would go is how good Ripper Owens are. Oh,
1: so. I, I'm going regardless, even if Ripper wasn't there, because I enjoyed Dio Disciples the last time I saw it. The only time I saw them, uh, I enjoyed Last in Line a hundred times more, though. That was oh, way, yeah. well, and just, way, you know, it's a way better representation of Dio music hi, when watching hi. Last in Line.
0: And, 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 and let, let, let's be honest, dude. I mean, Last in Line is the real band,
1: and and uh, and the singer of uh, the singer of Last in Line doesn't look down at lyrics. He knows them. Right. Oh, I got I got I got to, I got to interrupt uh, interrupt this, uh, and it does have to do with Vivian Campbell. My drummer, uh, new drummer of Thrasher Die, by the way, uh, announcing it right now. Brian Wilson from Combat is the new drummer of Thrasher Die. Alex Marquez moved to Phoenix. So what? he what yeah, yeah. you Yeah, he moved to Phoenix because his girl his girlfriend ended up getting a good good real good job. Which is good because I may be going to Phoenix to see Judas Priest and Saxon now. Well, my drummer actually went on tour with Ingve. He was his Ingve's merch guy and he told me a lot of funny Ingve stories. And this is what Ingve had to say about Vivian Campbell. Vivian Campbell owns a lot of guitars. Too bad he can't play it. (laughs) Yes, Ingve is a douche.
0: Well, uh, you, you know, uh, Vivian
1: Campbell is kind of like, No, nah, Vivian Campbell's amazing. Are you crazy? That
0: guy's got the Gary Moore feel, dude. Oh no, 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 no. He's he's amazing. But then you see like this shit he did after Deal. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. But
1: I think he again, you know, his legacy is intact with me because of what he do,
0: He's doing with Last in oh, Line. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. But it's I'm just very like,
1: skeptical about the second Last in Line album because. Uh, Jimmy Bain's not there, and Jimmy Bain had a lot to do with even Dio music, you know? Uh, so, let's see what happens there. They got Phil Suzanne the Ultimate Sin bassist. And I'm like, uh-oh. You know, what's he done? Except, oh, like, what? Oh, Exposed? Oh,
0: except write one of the greatest Aussie songs. <laughs> it's a good song, but come on. Oh, I love that fucking
1: song. Yeah, I forgot who I'm talking to. Uh, but, but, um, yeah, uh, Edward Van Halen is afraid of me. That's another quote from Ingve. He loves Eddie, by the way. He doesn't say nothing bad about his playing, but he said... "Oh, and he said, Kurt Hammett is an award-winning guitar player for the Special Olympics."
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But you can't, you you can't trust Ingve uh, because he don't eat fucking donuts.
1: And you know what? And I wanna, and I wanna defend Ingve Malmsteen for a second because. You know, he's got this reputation of being just a wankery. All he does is... You know, actually, that's not technically true. If anybody was, like, to listen to Eclipse and uh, oh Alchemy, you yeah. know, he still does the the, the the ripping, but he wrote some really good songs during the height of grunge. Eclipse, a Fire and Ice, uh, Facing the Animal... All that shit is like really good songs, dude, that will never get the time of day because people just think it's going to be a wank fest. You'd be fucking surprised. Go on YouTube now and type in Vengeance from Yngwie Malmsteen and you will be, have your fucking mind blown how fucking good he is how good that guy is.
0: I, I think the one I really like is, uh, I forget what album. Trilogy? About. Uh... Uh, no, I mean, I love Trilogy, but no, it was one of the later albums. I think it was called I Wish I Was B- Richie Blackmore, but I Have No Soul. That's Alcatraz. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, here's one that uh, I think you and me will love, but a lot of people will hate this. That Bon Jovi is inducted in the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame. That was Judas part of my Pri-
1: rant. That was part of my rant.
0: Yes, but Judas Priest is not.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, is it already official? Uh, Judas yeah. Priest are getting in?
0: Yes. They, they, they officially announced fuck it. Fuck, yes. Yeah. They officially announced it today. The inductees this year into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are Bon Jovi, Dire Straits, the Moody Blues, the Cars, and soul singer Nia Simone. Yeah, yeah
1: fuck it. I'm sorry, Rob Hoffert, because I know Judas Priest was, like, pimping the shit on Facebook. Like, please vote for us. It's like... I'm sorry, dude. I'm gonna have to go against your wishes uh, because of uh, of, of uh, a place that doesn't like you in the first place, man.
0: Yes, and, and I saw the thing. I even had a Facebook, uh, you know, message like, "Hey, vote for Judas Priest. And I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. No, because... I me
1: mean, neither. I wouldn't vote. If I would have voted for anybody, it would have been Bon Jovi. Because you know, cause let those idiots in there.
0: Be, be, because it, it, it's such a disgrace. You know, we, we've talked about this in many episodes, but it, it's such a disgrace. They're better than that. They don't need this shit. And I, I love that uh, uh, there was an interview with Roger Glover earlier this week. Uh, you know, when they were talking about like, oh, you know, hey, what do you think about like Bon Jovi? gets some more avoids, votes than Judas Priest. And Roger Glover said, we don't give a fuck about the rock and roll of whole- That means nothing Thank to you. us. Thank you. Know. You. you know?
1: my point is the rock and roll hall of fame is not a problem it's it's already it's such a dead issue i don't care about i don't give a fuck talk about their politics who they let in who they let out my problem is the people that care about it it's like dude wake the fuck up will you allow a guy that raped your mom into your house will you allow justin childers back into your group i mean come on These people already proved themselves to be douchebag assholes.
0: Why do you care? Why do you fucking care? It's like people bitching about, like, Caddyshack 2 is not on Blu-ray. It doesn't deserve to be on Blu-ray. It shouldn't have been on VHS. Shut up.
1: Well, that's different. I I can't even, I don't even know that movie. But all all I can say is that. But you know what I'm saying? It's
0: it's like, why do you
1: care? you know? No, because they like it, Ian. You know, but, but what I do understand is these people that they don't really like what the rock and roll hall of fame has been doing for decades now. And yet they still bitch about it. I, I used to, Hey, look, listen to our past episodes. I bitched about it constantly. I'm over it because you know why? Cause the people, the people that bitch about it woke me up. They're like, dude, no, man, you're the fucking problem. Not the, the rock and roll hall of fame is not the problem. They are not the problem. They already proved themselves to be douchebag elitists. The same reason why people will be like, hey. oh, I can't believe, oh my God, King Diamond got awarded a uh, nominee for Grammy. What the fuck are you wrong with you? Right. Why are you
0: happy about that? No, you're right. Like, it's like these fucking nerds who think like, if Judas Priest gets a, uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're going to get their cock sucked. No, none of the voters of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were going to suck your nerdy cock. You know, well, they, they, they will if
1: you're Jackson Brown.
0: Well, no, but they, they they think they're better than you. But why do you want to be a member of a club that already looks down on you? That is already a Exactly.
1: Leader? That's my huh? point. My point is yeah. that you are you are wanting the acceptance of the enemy. You know, the, the the same people. Look, and here's another thing about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, people don't. you got to wake up, dude. We already won. We already showed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the truth because Black Sabbath is in there. Not one favorable review in the 70s from Black Sabbath. Led Zeppelin's in there. Not one favorable review of Led Zeppelin, but the people got them in there and made made them eat crow just like the kiss and all that. We're ready. That's it. We're done. I don't think we need to prove anymore. We got got these legends that they hate in there. So therefore, all you motherfuckers that care that Bon Jovi got in there instead of Judas Priest. You're the problem, not the Rock and Roll Hall of well, Fame,
0: because you're a dumb bitch. Well, like the fucking, the fucking Kiss fans, okay? The people who run the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they hate fucking Kiss. The only reason they put Kiss in is they're banking that if you put Kiss in, you will pay the retarded amount to show up to the ceremony, and you will go to their stupid fucking hall and buy their t-shirts. That's the only reason those bands are in. They don't respect them. They don't honor them. They don't love them like we do. But you want you want these assholes' approval. You're you're like some fucking sad ex girlfriend who just wants to be taken back. It is. It is. It's fucking pathetic. It's yeah, really that's. Pathetic. That,
1: it's not the rock and roll. I don't, dude. Keep doing what you're doing, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Keep yeah. doing it. More, you know, more power to your suck-a-tooth. I don't care yeah. anymore about you. I just want to get through to the fucking yeah. idiots to stop cluttering. Look, why do you think Blabbermouth will put up a story saying, Bon Jovi beat Judas Priest for Rock and Roll fame? They know what they're doing because it's going to get a lot of shares, a lot of bitches out there who flood my Facebook with, this is bullshit. (laughs) Hey, idiot. Number one is a popularity contest. Let's face reality here. Bon Jovi is a million times more popular than Judas Priest. Okay, us hardcores, would rather go see Judas Priest, but Judas Priest is not going to play the same venue and sell as many tickets as Bon Jovi. Does that make them better? No, it doesn't make them better. It just makes them more popular. Just like Kanye West is more popular than Bon Jovi and Judas Priest, goodbye.
0: And and it 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 pisses me off too,
1: it pisses me off too, that Judas Priest is still together, they're releasing a new album, and still people find things to bitch about. Why don't you just be grateful we still have Judas Priest? You fucks. No, no, I I need to be mad. Okay.
0: That's how I feel. All right. Well, there, there you go. So, fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: No, fuck the... No, no, long live the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love you, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love you. Keep doing all the bonehead moves you keep doing. Next year... Nominate Motorhead, I beg you, and then don't let him in. I beg you, get everybody fucking pissed so they can finally wake up and say, I can't afford to stress anymore. I am saving lives. You understand that? You may die of a heart attack because of the rock, because of caring about the Rock and Roll of Fame.
0: I am giving you tough love, you fucks. Right. And and you want to talk about the epitome of tough love? And this, this is the way to do it. You you don't like what they're doing. Here's what you do: you do not go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You do not pay that admission. You do not give them money. That's how you. That's how you force a fucking yeah, hand. Exactly. You don't sit. You don't sit there and beg for their acceptance. Like, oh, can we please backwards skate couple on this song? No. You just say, you know what? I don't give you any of your money. And how do you think? bands that we love got in they they do that because nobody else was showing up because nobody cares about the fucking exhibit on jackson brown's guitars but if you put in like bands that had the balls to stand up like they had a sex pistols exhibit that people were paying to go see but yet the sex pistols had the balls to say go fuck yourself we want no part of your bullshit stuff I was, I sex pistols I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about them. I have my undying respect because at least they stand for what they stand for. You know what I mean? It, to to the bone. They're like, fuck you. We ain't getting up. We're not doing your dog and pony show. Fuck you. You didn't like us then. You don't like us now. But you, you want a little bit of attraction and we're not going to give it to you. That's fucking balls. The sex pistols have balls. Axl other-
1: Rose did the same thing. Remember that? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that—that's Paul. Like, and and, and Grant, even though Axel, you know, Axel totally bent the knee and said, "Fuck, I need money. I'm gonna get back together with Slash and all this shit." And I totally believe it's all for the fucking money. Of course it's, it is. You know, you know, but he knew what they were doing. It was all like a thing to get them back and to draw attention to that, and to draw attention. And and and, I respect, I respect Axel for that because that dumbass believed in Chinese democracy you know and I think that what, what a fucking turd but at least that's what he believed in at least that's what his heart is I know Axel thinks Chinese was a good album and I respect that I don't agree with it but I respect it that's what he wanted to do he did what he wanted to do and when he knew they were trying to draw his hand into like hey we're gonna do a reunion we're gonna draw attention he had enough self-respect to say, I'm not going to fall for that bullshit.
1: I love Axl Rose for the, and you know, I'm not, again, there's a part of me that I feel like he's done a lot of crappy music. Uh, you know, I, I do love Chinese moxie, but man, most of you, use illusions, just garbage. But here's, and I hate, think about you. I hate uh, my way. Anyway, anything goes tonight. Uh, I hate, uh, good boys. Don't like rock and roll that cover. There's a lot of shit I hate that he's done, but at the same time, I love the fact that this guy never, ever once apologized for all the fucked up things he's done. Sure, it's fucked up that he made people wait for him to come to shows, to have to go to work early. I don't, I don't like, I don't, uh, I don't like that about him, but at the same time, I love the fact that he's like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't care. I'm Axel fucking Rose. I love that attitude where he just doesn't give a fuck
0: what people think. I, I did love that when you brought that up in your Vieira Vault show, which, by the way, kids, check out the Vieira Vault, available on Podbean, iTunes, and was it Spreaker? It's called Spreaker. I'm,
1: I'm As Mad As Hell and I'm Not Going to Take It Anymore. Yeah, yeah, check yeah, out check, that, check up, that
0: episode. I, I love that because, uh, you know, you brought up an interesting point where there's this thing with, uh, you know, Josh Homme this week who who kicked a female photographer yeah. In the, in the I, face. yeah, that's
1: right I brought
0: that up and, and, and hey, I am the biggest Josh Homme nutswinger I love everything This guy has done musically I love it all I met the guy Wasn't that cool It Wasn't that cool And I give him a pass Because I'm that much of a fan Like hey, it could have been a bad day My girlfriend got into an argument With his girlfriend So I was like, that shit's always weird You know, so I give him a pass. I love this guy's music. But, you know, when Ralph brought up that point, like, okay, now here's Josh Homme. Like, you know, at first he's like, oh, I I didn't know I did that. And then he's like, oh, I did that and I'm sorry. Uh, I did lose a little respect because, like, bitch, you did it. You know you did it. Whether you were drunk or fucked up, you did it. You know you did it. You did it on purpose. Just admit it and say, hey. I'm a fucking prick. I, I did some prick Because I've done some shit when I'm fucked up and drunk that I'm not proud of. You know, but I did it. You know, but like you said about Axel. At least Axel's like, eh, well, I did it. You know, whatever. Yeah, fuck you. I did it. You, you kiss know, my ass. Where, where in, the, in this day and age where people backpedal, like, you know, sometimes you just got to say, fuck it, you did it. You know, I've done episodes of this show where, fuck Prime Example, fucking the Creatures of the Night episode which was a huge episode. I was horrible on that episode. I was so fucked up, I didn't do a good show. But I'll admit it. You know, fuck it. You know, shit happens. I I apologize to Columbia.
1: And, uh, but, you know, I'm not as cool as Axel Rose. Because, you know, it was a situation where we were treated so well there and people really thought I was disrespectful. Well, a very small amount of people thought I was disrespecting their country. And I made it all the way on TV and radio and even the newspapers, uh, talking bad about me. That I was like, wait, I need to say that I love Colombia and I love the people there. And in no way I did that to be disrespectful because they were painting me as this guy going over there, going, I want cocaine, I want cocaine. You know what I mean? And uh, and and I thought, hey man, this is not right. Uh, I don't want to be known as a guy that hates Colombia. Where Axel would be like, fuck you fuck you Columbia. like remember he he wore a shirt that said fuck you st louis
0: uh
1: all right any other news
0: yeah uh, yes uh gene simmons said he did nothing wrong to warrant being banned for life from fox news
1: and that's another guy you got to applaud applaud you want to talk about a smart motherfucker gene simmons says the most boneheaded shit and people do, you know here's the thing honestly you people are fucking idiots. Do you understand? By you getting pissed off, you're giving him attention and press. It's why like Gene Simmons. You know, that motherfucker was never going to do the horns uh, trademark ever, but he said that. So it. everybody went unbelievably ape shit over that crazy over it. You know? Uh, oh my God. How dare you? You people are a bunch of gullible bitches. You know, yeah. I look, and you know me, I'm, I, I am always bashing kiss and, And more Paul Stanley than Gene Simmons of the Scout, But he's just as guilty. But you see, Gene Simmons in a 1974 interview that I read. I still have it. It's one of those, um, I think it's not Billboard magazine. uh, day. Goldmine. Goldmine? Goldmine magazine. Every year they have a Kiss edition. And I remember I got one. This was before the reunion, maybe 95 or something. And they actually had an interview from 1974 of Gene Simmons in there. And he said fuck integrity, I'm in it for chicks and money. That's what I'm doing this for. I mean, you know, Lord Zalrich will be like, "Yeah, man, integrity, integrity. Well, he's really doing it for the money, because that's why he's taking a veg sevenfold out there, so you can keep getting the new generations to be interested. Yes. Gene Simmons is like, man, uh, you know, I want money and I want more money and then more money. And, you know, now he can't say he wants bitches because he's married and, you know, Shannon got mad at him when they that porn... Video came out, but you know that fucker's still fucking behind her back. Uh, yeah. And you know, my whole point is, I love Gene Simmons because not only you know is he, and he says the most idiotic shit, but he says it to get a reaction. And when you get a reaction, that's free publicity. The guy's yeah. a genius, and and oh, all, yeah. and all you people that bitch about him, you know, all you that bitch about him, because you notice, dude. You ever hear me? I bitch about Paul Stanley. You know, because Paul Stanley doesn't do shit for attention or to get press. Paul Stanley, I'll bitch about little, like, footnotes he says in interviews, like, you know, oh, Ace Frehley didn't grow because a guitar player. I kicked out Peter Chris because he's no longer good at it. When these are, like, interviews from years ago. You know, I'm not, you know, Paul Stanley will come out Paul Stanley doesn't say shit. Right. Paul Stanley never, like, says controversial shit, ever. You know, but Gene Simmons does. If Paul Stanley came out and said controversial shit. With no apologies, I'd respect him more. I love Gene Simmons. Well, he, I, I love him like I love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: I'll I tell you, you know what I love about Gene Simmons? I've met Gene. I've met Paul. When I met Paul, Paul is my favorite member of KISS of all time. Is Paul Stanley. My condolences. I, I, I love me some Paul Stanley. When I met Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley could have gave two fucks about me. reality. This, this, it's just reality, people. And like, all you people pay for meets Paul Stanley could give two fucks about it. When I met Gene Simmons, and I got knocked on my ass trying to take a picture, Gene Simmons threatened to stop the whole fucking thing until he knew I was safe. And he knew I was okay. And, and Gene Simmons is the guy that goes to children's hospitals and does all this fucking shit. That is amazing. Like, nobody pays attention to all this great shit Gene Simmons does do. He puts on a fucking act, people. And he loves the military. Hey, you know, hey, he yes. loves this country. He loves what this country hey, has done for him. I, I'm the Ayatollah of alcohol. I get drunk on the weekends and Wednesdays when we do news. I don't drink every day. Gene Simmons puts on an act the same way I put on an act, the same way you put on an act. I mean, I mean we're real people, but we have, you know exaggerated personalities and i considered a badge of honor he got you know banned from fox because fox banned two legends this year gene simmons and real news so <laughs> it, it, you know you know I, I i consider that a badge of honor so you go gene simmons oh by you saying that i don't know i'm unfriending you and leaving oh, the group oh yeah Well, here's our last story, and and this is the story of the week. This shit set off a firestorm, uh, at least in West Virginia. Tommy Lee called Donald Trump a fucking idiot and says his supporters are dickheads. (laughs) And oh my God, did Blabbermouth go crazy? Did West Virginia go crazy? West Virginia and, in particular, huh? Oh, my God. And 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 in particular, two former guests on our show, Justin Childers and Michael W. Howard, uh, <laughs> really lost their shit. Uh, I love
1: Michael W. Howard. Really? Well, you liked Justin Childers when he was being a dick to me, so fuck you.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, well, karma, bitch. Well, these guys... Uh, th- this actually made the news because these guys were on Fox News uh, interviewed when this story broke about Tommy Lee's opinion. Um, and if you if you go, it's on uh, go on Foxnews.com uh, They were interviewing Michael W Howard and Justin Childers. They were uh, they were campaigning for Roy Moore for senator of uh, Alabama when this story broke. And and uh Michael W. Howard said Fuck Fucking fucking fuck Fuck Tommy Lee is like poetry. You talking <laughs> about my favorite rapper from Methods of Mayhem? Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then, and then when they interviewed uh Justin Childers or Childers, he said Fuck this shit, I can't believe for years I was jacking off to a liberal. From now on, when I watch porn, I won't be looking at Tommy Lee's dick. I'll watch Vince Neil. Fuck this shit. Fuck Tommy Lee. Wow. And wow, holy cow. To to see this shit on fucking Blabbermouth, dude. It was like fucking priceless to see these comments. Because, uh there's a lot of artists coming out that are that are anti-Trump. Seems to be a lot more people coming out anti-Trump than pro-Trump. But on um, Blabbermouth, holy fuck, if you are anti-Trump, you are uh you are definitely in the minority and you are not on Justin Childers' fucking Christmas card list.
1: And and wait till he finds out, which I know you're listening to right now, uh Donald Trump hates rats. What? Yeah, yeah, he came out and said that. He said the only good thing they ever did was the self-title that came out like in... 99? Yeah, that's the only one he liked. Oh, my God. He said, yeah, it's a picture of him like holding a CD with the metal horns, and the caption is, I love Big River. (laughs)
0: Like I needed another reason. And I also found out that Donald Trump voted for Bon Jovi... On uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame fan vote.
1: Oh, so you mean to tell me Donald Trump cares about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yes. You know those fuckers hate that guy. (laughs) That goes, that was libtards. I'm sorry, but fucking Rolling Stone magazine are the biggest libtards on the planet. There's no way Donald Trump fucking voted the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, no, he voted for Bon Jovi. He he said living on a prayer was way more influential than... uh than uh, Victim of Changes.
1: There's a lot of water around Mexico. A lot of water.
0: Really? <laughs> <laughs> rocket man. Little rocket man. I don't
1: care, man. I love his humor. <laughs> I think Donald Trump is fucking hilarious, man. Love him or hate him, he is so funny. When I see him talk, he's so funny. He cracks oh. me up. Well, I, I mean, I mean uh, that Baldwin guy is not really that far off. You know, he really does like everything he says, like, yeah, it's pretty much Donald Trump. He's
0: fucking hysterical. Well, I'm glad you see the humor in it, because Justin Childress said he is now going to burn all his cassettes of Motley Crue. Yes, and, that's... and he said it's not just him. He said from now on, his sister refuses to dance topless to girls, girls, girls. Well, that's too bad. And in his home state of West Virginia, uh, confederate flags and truck nuts were held at half-mast. Uh, so but oh. at, at the same time, Justin Childers said, he, he came out, he says, by no means does this mean I'm a racist. My family only bought black slaves. I can't be racist. So, there you go. Wow. You know, the reason he deleted me, it
1: wasn't because I'm friends with you. He deleted me because I'm a spick. <laughs>
0: bitch, you made me spit my drink.
1: <laughs> he hates spicks. That's and, why he deleted me.
0: <laughs> and by bitch, I meant spick. You made me spit my drink.
1: <laughs> Man, spicks, blacks, you name it. He's like Tanner
0: from fucking Bad News Bears. Choose spicks niggas, now a girl? <laughs>
1: he hates Demon's Curse too, I heard.
0: <laughs> you oh, said enough it. of
1: enough of Adolf Childers.
0: Oh yes, but uh, but poor Adolf Childers, man! Not only has he left our page, he left the kiss 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 page. This guy has left so many people that are friends of our show because they're friends of our show. And uh, what a lonely existence that is. And now, well, except he- for the white people. And now he doesn't even have Tommy Lee as a friend. Now he's like he's like pro like Bobby Blotzer. <laughs>
1: hey.
0: He's gonna be in the Bobby Blotzer version of Rat. He said he said, fuck Tommy Lee and his roller coaster drum solo. I'd rather see Bobby Blotzer on the tilt of world. <laughs> Playing Wayne Cool Jr. right inside up. <laughs> badly. <laughs> Man, oh.
1: I can't believe how much he hates us spics.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, well, the, your brown skin definitely doesn't help. you got that year-round tan that just is is unsetting for him.
1: <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. I could be pale as a motherfucker. I just love laying on the beach. He,
0: yeah. It's true. Mind, in your mind, he, he's still Look not. Look at my gonna...
1: brother. My brother's white as fuck.
0: He still ain't gonna let your fucking sister. That's his job. Yeah, that's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna happen regardless. You know, fucking,
1: you know how good I am, fucking dumb whores. Simple. I like,
0: I like what you said today about Justin Children's. Like he sucks at the internet, and I was, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that truck stops too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is true, man. That has to be
0: the the worst interneter I've ever met. Oh. Oh, my God, but, but it, it, it's so funny seeing this shit on, uh, on Blabbermouth, which, uh, you know, it, it's it's legendary for moronic comments, but now it, it's like uh, Blabbermouth is the bright part of heavy metal news. It is so right wing, and anytime any of these artists come out, uh, you know, and, and they denounce Trump. Oh, so most people that are on Blabbermouth, I don't read that shit anymore,
1: the comments. They're mostly, they're right-wingers. Oh,
0: yes. Oh, oh I'll I, I tell you what. There were a lot of Donald Trump supporters on Blabbermouth. I, I I'm
1: going to go join it because I love Trump. I mean, I'm a Trump supporter.
0: No, you're not. You're, you're, you're yeah. you, you yeah, hate Trump. You're just ashamed to admit it because it's, you know I'd be mad.
1: Jane, you ignorant slut! It's counter <laughs> counterpoint. Fuck yeah, Donald Trump. There's a lot of water. Puerto Rico is surrounded by a lot of water. Yeah. You know Puerto Rico. Uh, you you know your, your your hurricane really really uh destroyed us economically. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the hell out of it. I'll tell you the best thing Donald Trump ever did, and I don't give a fuck if you hate it or not. But it is the ultimate fucking troll move that motherfucker ever did. When their campaign was going on, before he got nominated by the Republican Party, uh, if you typed in georgebush.com, it would direct you to donaldtrump.com because George Bush forgot to pay the domain, so Donald Trump bought it. So when you typed in georgebush.com, it went straight to or not George Bush, what's the name of his brother? Is um, that Bush's name from Jeff. Florida? Jeb. Jeb Bush, you go JebBush.com. It redirected you to fucking to, to Donald Trump, and I was like, "That is a pure pimp move." I know you can't admit it, but you know, let's say you know well, somebody you loved would have done that to Donald Trump, you would have found the humor in it.
0: Well, no, well, no. That's why Gene Simmons gave up trying to to uh, have rights to the fucking metal horns because Donald Trump already bought it. Yeah. It was a I bad metal horns. Yeah, it was a bad check, but he already bought it. And then he added a middle finger.
1: <laughs> Donald Trump, the ultimate troll. He's trolling the whole country.
0: <laughs> yeah. But at least he has the balls to only use one identity on Facebook, unlike Justin Childers who has Adrian Smith. And all these mob- No, that's the- not
1: true. Donald Trump has a Dennis Stratton Facebook
0: page. I don't oh, know he- if you're aware of this. Oh he does? I thought yeah, he was yeah, yeah. I thought he was Yannick Gears.
1: No, no, the, the, the Donald uh Dennis Stratton, the superior of the two guitar players of
0: major Oh okay. I guess Yannick Gears is Mitt Romney.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> <laughs> no, actually uh, the spirit of G- the spirit of Ronnie James Dio's Facebook is now Janet Gears.
0: It's, it's a hologram. It's a hologram Facebook. <laughs> Justin Cheers. Childers, childers, you're our bitch. All right. Well, is that the end of it? That is the end of it. That is the long and the short of it. And, right. na- and now it's time to get the album we're talking about this week. It is Aerosmith with Get Your Wings. And Justin Childers, get your balls. It- and then stop like, I'm quitting Facebook. Who's with me? I'm going to stick around for an hour to see who's with me. And I'm going to leave, but I'm going to stay under my false identity just to see who's talking about me. Harvey Weinstein. And, and he's right there. I, I think he's actually Yannick Gears on, on Facebook, too, because who else would say, hey, I'm Yannick Gears? I think he's Yannick Gears for real. <laughs>
1: Oh, how long will he be back in, in in the group he just left?
0: Oh, he already came back today. begging back <laughs> like a bitch. Bro.
1: He did? He's back already? Oh, he... Bro, that that he, didn't take long. He's
0: back in the page. He just left like a bitch. Like, ooh, I was mad. But now David Ian and Ralph is making fun of me and you're his friend so I'm gonna unfriend you and leave Ooh. he's like oh now I'm even more mad cause people didn't care that I was mad but I'm mad and nobody cares it's a conundrum
1: <laughs>
0: but now I'm gonna make kiss 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 hard rock heavy metal great again
1: yeah. yeah I have his ass blocked so every time I go there I don't see any comments he, he leaves and he doesn't see any of mine
0: I, I wish he was I, I, w- I actually wish I'd never block <laughs> because now when I go to the truck stop nobody will suck my dick <laughs> well his mom <laughs> yeah but she's in the men's room
1: well, yeah, well his dad
0: yeah yeah well I mean I love that one because he has no teeth yeah and black lung as well
1: that I know because his dad sucked my duck- dick many times And my duck. (laughs) You know how I found out Justin Childers' dad was gay? How? I was fucking him up the ass. I reached around, his dick was hard. (laughs) What a homo.
0: (laughs) Without further ado, here's Aerosmith. Get your wings.
1: All right, now it's time to review. All right, here, here here's what I do at every show. I'm going to try to see if I get the year right. 1974? Yes, the year I was born. Yeah, 1974 Aerosmith album. Get Your Wings. Uh, To me, Aerosmith in the 70s is the best era of Aerosmith. Yeah, I like some of the 80s stuff. I like Pump. Pump was still 80s, right?
0: 89, yes.
1: All right. And, um, yeah, I I like it, but I love 70s Aerosmith. I love this album. Um, And uh, it's great. I can't tell you the first time I heard it, but I did have this vinyl as a kid. Uh, Very first vinyl I bought from Aerosmith was uh, Featuring Dream On, the first one. Then I got, no, maybe it was Toys in the Attic, one of those two. And I remember getting uh, Night in the Ruts. That was the first Aerosmith album I bought when it was brand new. Which is my second favorite Aerosmith album. Rocks is my favorite. Then I would say my third favorite would be Toys in the Attic. Because I think Toys in the Attic is just a phenomenal album. Uh, And then I would put Get Your Wings Under That One. And then, uh, what, uh, the first album, and at the very bottom, Draw the Line, as far as 70s albums go but all those albums I love they are they're all great great hard rock albums Uh, the only reason uh, I would put this one a little lower is because there are two songs on here I don't care for Uh, but the rest is great and it features my all-time favorite Aerosmith songs on here so um, but I can't I can't tell you like the first time I heard it you know it's like oh Oh No, no, wait uh, go, go back some of these songs. I heard first on live bootleg because I believe live bootleg might have been my second uh, Aerosmith album that I bought back in the in the 70s when I used to mow lawns and buy albums so I, I'm almost positive I had toys in the attic and uh, and uh, featuring dream on before I had um, Live bootleg because I know I knew I know I had live bootleg first because I remember Uh, loving Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg. And Dan, I went back and heard the studio version. So, um, we'll get into that when we get into that. So, tell us the first time you heard it.
0: Uh, The first time I heard this album was probably, I would say around 87, 88. Uh, You know, it's weird. Like, I did not... No Aerosmith growing up, uh, my dad would always say "Big Ten Inch," but I, I I never knew it was air. You know, it just uh, you know, my dad would just walk around the house or, or just like in the middle of a conversation be "Suck on my Big Ten Inch," <laughs> you know. And when I finally heard the song, I'm like, oh fuck, that's what dad always says, you know. <laughs> does, it, does does he does
1: he say suck or sept for my except for my Big Ten Inch?
0: I don't know. My dad always said, "Suck on my big ten yeah, inch." That's says, what I, I was.
1: I think he says, "Except for my big
0: ten inch." Uh, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Except. Yeah. Yeah. I know that isn't on there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You hear what you want to hear. I always heard, "Suck on my big ten inch," uh, but. uh... And, and I remember seeing "Toys in the Attic" in my dad's record collection, and uh, you know, liking the weird brown album cover. Uh... But uh, I did not know Aerosmith until Walk This Way with Run DMC. And I fucking loved it. Oh, my God, did I love it. I didn't know who these weird white people were with Run DMC. But I loved that fucking song. And, and I remember one time listening to it, my dad walked in the room, like, you know, as he would do often with what I listened to. Like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is doing Aerosmith? I'm like, it's Run DMC. You know? And my dad's like, what the fuck is this garbage? This is Aerosmith. I'm like, I don't know about this. Is is that the two white dudes? And uh, I remember after that, then I listened to, uh, I didn't even listen to the full record. I just listened to Walk This Way on my dad's record. I was like, ugh, this sucks. Because I was so in love with with the uh... oh
1: really you, you thought Walk This Way sucked compared to the,
0: uh, Run DMC version oh because Run DMC is what I heard first and right. I thought it, I thought it was so killer and, you know and it's funny because now my opinion is the complete opposite of course yeah uh, you know completely opposite but I but, you know as a young kid uh, you know like what twelve when that happened uh, eleven or twelve. You know, I was like, "Ugh, what, what's this? Uh, this ain't as cool as you know, air, you know, run Run DMC." Uh, you know, because you gotta remember, my favorite genre of music before I got into heavy metal was, you know, you know, of course, like stuff like the Stones and stuff I was raised on, but black music, like R and B and shit like that. That's what I fucking love. You know, I'm not even talking rap. I'm talking, you know, in my opinion, true uh, American black music, R and B, rhythm and blues. You know, shit like that. That's what I loved. In fact, when I first subscribed to Columbia House, you had to check what kind of music, you know, you wanted the most. That's what I checked. And and, and my parents were always, you know, they couldn't figure that out because my dad was all about rock and hard rock. You know, my mom was all about, you know, you know, Hall & Oates and the Monkees and, you know, pop music. They had no idea where I got this taste for black music, but I guess I just always had a little soul in me. And I still do to this day. But, you know, when I discovered Heavy Metal, then, shit, you know, then that's, you know, what became the dominant force for the rest of my life. The only the only bigger influence than Heavy Metal uh, has been, for example. But, uh, but then, uh, you know, Permanent Vacation came along. And all of a sudden, it's on MTV all the time, like, ooh, ooh, this is catchy. I like this shit, this is good. You know, but then I went back and discovered 70s Aerosmith. And it did not take me long to realize, wow, this is way better than what I'm hearing now. Uh, You know, in fact, you know, I really checked out on Aerosmith after uh, Get a Grip. You know, I was like, You know, and the the funny thing is, uh, you know, we've done two Aerosmith episodes, I believe. And neither one of those episodes performed fairly well. And I was surprised. I mean, a lot of people were excited we did Done With Mirrors, because it is one of those, we, you know, music from the Elder, weird uh, era albums. But, uh, it's a thing, like, it, it's so easy to hate Aerosmith. There's a lot of hate on Aerosmith these days, and I think it's a mixture of what they became and, and, and also a bit of overkill. But it's like, where everybody's so easy to, like, throw the daggers and knives and Fuck Aerosmith. Oh, fuck them. You know, but yet Kiss can do no wrong, and they give Kiss a path. No matter what Kiss does, there's always an excuse. Yeah, you know?
1: Aerosmith is one of those bands that doesn't really generate a newer uh, generation after you get a grip,
0: I've noticed, you know? Well, well, I mean, I, I I think the last time that that you saw some new fans come to Aerosmith was that fucking... Uh, Armageddon song, right? Yeah, the Armageddon song. That... But, I mean, those were fake fans who just liked that song and they checked out the rest of the catalog and were like, uh, I don't like this, you know, yeah. that's because it, it wasn't a true Aerosmith song, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah, the it was a
1: fa- it was an American, Diane, I- an American yeah. Idol song.
0: Yeah, Diane Warren piece of shit, you know, and then, you know, it's easy to hate because they put out some bad albums and, you know, Steven Tyler nowadays looks like, you know, you're fucking, you know, like somebody's grandma that, that shops at the Salvation Army is in, in the last stage of HIV, you know, you know, and now he's a fucking country star. So you know, it's really easy to hate on Steven Tyler. Uh, but I, I think far too many people forget. And 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 again, I don't know if it's they just piss so many people off, or it's just overkill. Because there's a lot of Aerosmith like I never need to hear again, thanks to classic rock radio. But you know, you can't, you can't take away what a great band. Uh, they were, by all accounts, they still are live. I've only seen them once, and that was on the Pump Tour. Uh, you've seen them recently and said it was a fantastic show.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they could have uh, used some more classics in the set list. There was a uh, uh, majority of it was shit I didn't like it. But yeah. goddamn, Steven Tyler still can sing his right. ass off and perform as good as he ever has. That guy right. is extremely impressive live.
0: I think the problem with Aerosmith is is the same problem with KISS and Death Leopard, uh, where it's like and, and 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 a funny story we never touched upon in the in the news, but I thought was a very accurate story, uh was the dude from Avenged Sevenfold saying, you know, most of these people that come to you know, you've seen all these huge numbers for Metallica now on this latest tour. Like the biggest crowds they've ever done. But he's like, you know, these are these are casual fans that know the black Album. Right. And, Same and thing you, with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, you you can see the response when they play like the shit that's on the radio. You see everybody go fucking crazy yeah. when they play when they play shit that's not on the radio. You know, people sl- You know, the, uh, the majority of of the people slow down. And and you know, I, I've said many many times on this show when I when I saw them, and you know, I was already into Old Aerosmith by the time I finally saw them on the Pump Tour when they played Train Kept Rollin', you it's like you could hear a pin drop, you know, but goddamn, they played anything off a of permanent vacation or pump. Everybody went nuts. You know, and of course, people went nuts for Walk This Way and, and Sweet Emotion. But anything deeper than that, you know, it was like, uh? yeah, because, and, and, and unfortunately, it's
1: because of this day and age, because what you just said about train kept rolling. I got this visual of when I saw the uh, Rockin' a Hard Place tour where they opened for Journey, which was the first time I saw Aerosmith, I never forget Jimmy Crespo going, and the whole place went apeshit because they all knew Train a rolling, you know? Right. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it, and it was a, a a radio staple back then, Train a rolling, you know? Right. I right, mean, but, I had but, no idea. Yardbirds, and I'm sure it was like a, old blues number right before oh yeah yeah yeah, oh yeah but but, i I had no idea i thought it was an aerosmith original
0: but you're talking a whole new generation yeah yeah by the pump tour right you know and and now you're talking about the mtv generation yeah and to the mtv generation aerosmith didn't exist until dude looks like a lady you know well that's
1: your generation pal
0: yeah 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 i'm proud about it. i'm just stating a fact you know
1: um, That's why I get so annoyed with you and all those fucks on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You remind me of those people at those at that pump show you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you're one of them. Even though you knew them, you're still one of them. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Where's that from? Why am I thinking that?
0: Freaks. The movie Freaks. Oh, okay, there you go. Gaba geebagia, or whatever the fuck it is. But anyway... But I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I'm like, "How could th- this is a classic?" Because the, the the instant, you know, other than like when I said I, I, I first didn't like, you know, walk this way. Once I became an Aerosmith fan and went back, I was like, "Oh god, this is dirty, sleazy, sexy rock and roll at its fucking finest." And uh, I got I, I gotta say, you know, we're, we're rating these albums. I don't know if I could go on record and say this is their best album, but I will go on record right now. Spoiler alert, this is my favorite Aerosmith album of all time.
1: All right.
0: By far. By far? By far.
1: Hmm,
0: okay. By, by, there's just, there's, I don't, and, and there's nothing I can pinpoint, and I'm not trying to slam any other album, but there's just... Uh, again, it, it takes me back to a place in time. First discovering Aerosmith, and 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 you know, like you know, you know having uh, my license and driving around, and I just listened to this album over and over again, and I, I loved even the album cover. I loved like the horrible Aerosmith logo on this. There was something so cheesy yet cool about it.
1: You know, you and, know, you know the thing about the album cover with the scarf. You ever heard that story?
0: Uh, The tie, you mean?
1: Yeah, that Steven Tyler's wearing, the scarf yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah I, don't, uh, no, I don't know.
1: I don't know about that. Uh, that scarf, uh, he hid uh, pills in that scarf. Uh, he says it in a... You should look at it. It's a pretty good documentary. It was the Rockumentary. Remember MTV had Rockumentary?
0: I probably saw and just forgot. I yeah, do a lot of drugs.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they gave Steven Tyler the... the album and he's like looking at it and he goes oh you see this scarf here It's where i would hide all my pills
0: and uh, stuff yeah.
1: just wanted to bring that up
0: but I, I just remember i thought like you know you you, you know i hate to say it because he's such an awesome guitar player but you know there's no way to make brad whitford look cool but i thought fucking joe perry just looks so cool i mean he just looks like a fucking guitar player he looks like the next keith richards on this cover he he looks like he looks like
1: the guy that played on Trey Cup Rolling on this album
0: (laughs) Well, we'll get to that later Um, but uh, yeah this is my my favorite fucking uh, Aerosmith album and I don't listen to Aerosmith as much as I used to because there is a huge burnout factor but if I'm gonna put on an Aerosmith album it's Get Your Wings every every time And, and I'll cherry pick the rest you know, even toys and rocks, I'll cherry pick. You know, where like, okay, if I'm listening to fucking uh, uh, toys, I'm gonna go to No More, No More, or Uncle Salty, or something like that. You know, if I if No I go More, to,
1: No More is the shit.
0: Oh yeah, if, if I go to uh, if I go to rocks, you know, it's gonna be Combination or Home Tonight. Uh, you know, Home Tonight, my second favorite Aerosmith ballad of all time. Uh, love that fucking song. I, can't, uh, I
1: still, for the life of me, can't understand how
0: crying's your favorite. I see what you're doing there.
1: Yeah,
0: but but uh,
1: let's get back into this shit. You ready to get into the actual
0: songs?
1: Yes, sir. Alright, uh, you want to take the first one?
0: All right, same old song and dance. Holy shit! Uh, this was the first single off the album. Uh, written by Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, and when they wrote this one, uh, Joe was just sitting on his amp, came up with this riff, and Tyler quickly came up with the lyrics, and that were you know sung in sync with the riff of the song. Uh, fucking just uh, amazing song. This is one of the rare ones that I don't get sick of. And, you know, it is you know this played on the radio. All the fucking. Oh yeah, time.
1: yeah, down here as well.
0: But I still love it, and it has something that I have a love hate affection for, and that's the Aerosmith horns, which I found much more annoying, uh, you know, in 80s and 90s Aerosmith. But, you know, you can't rewrite history. They've done it throughout their career. There's always, you know, every album's got that song with some horns on it, or multiple songs. But it it, it doesn't annoy me uh, as much on this song. But there's just something so quintessential Aerosmith about this. And uh, the the solo on this, though, is not played by Joe Perry. but But by Dick Wagner. The late, great Dick Wagner. Yes, sir. Who appears uh, later
1: on this album as well.
0: Oh, yes. uh, Along with his friend Steve Hunter. Yep. Um, But, uh what happened was the record company you know the, the first album came out and flopped so they, they said okay we need another producer because the record company didn't agree with the producer uh, the band didn't like the producer of the first album uh, so they're like oh we want we want uh, Bob Ezrin because Bob Ezrin's having a lot of success with Alice Cooper uh, so we're going to get you Bob Ezrin well, Bob Ezrin had a lot of shit going on. He's paying more attention to Alice Cooper because, you know, that's what's paying the fucking bills, you know. So it, he kind of had his number two guy, the, the the incredible Jack Douglas, you know, who got his start as being kind of number, you know, number two uh, uh, assistant Bob Ezrin. He's the one who really produced this album. Uh, Joe Perry said Bob Ezrin maybe showed up like three or four times, had a few suggestions, and he was the one, uh, who said, Okay, we're gonna have Dick Wagner do this. And we're gonna have Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter do that. And Bob Ezrin was notorious for that. Now you know, you you find out, especially in this day and age where there's, you know, more shit available on the internet, you know, where back in the day we had like cream and hit Parader and shit like that, you know, that that was how we found shit out, and, and even then, it wasn't as much detailed as we have now, but Bob Ezrin, you know, had very little patience, you, you know, as most cokeheads don't, uh, you know, if he didn't feel you were getting it, he had no problems. like, I don't give a fuck who's in the band, I'm gonna bring in my guy that's gonna make it sound better, you know, because I'm putting the Bob Ezrin stamp on this. You know, he, he did it with Alice Cooper. He did it with Kiss. You know, he's done it with multiple bands. He doesn't give a fuck. You know, if he's going to sign off, he wants it to sound great. And uh, But I couldn't imagine, like, being in a band and I'm the bass player and the producer's like, ah, you're not doing this. I'm going to have this guy come in and play it. I, there's no way. I would quit the fucking band before I would allow that to happen. If I'm in the band, I'm going to do it. If I can't do it, then there's a problem. You know, you know, I'm that's how I am. But, you know, I, I, I almost make, did
1: it with uh, our last album where uh, the producer insisted my dad sing that song.
0: Yeah, well, he was right. <laughs> uh, Fuck But you. uh <laughs> Love you too. Uh, but uh but anyway, you can't argue with the end results. I mean, who who knows I I would have loved to hear what Joe Perry came up with. Uh, or, or Brad Whitford that he didn't think was uh, up to snuff. But the final result is fucking gold to my ears. It's it's Aerosmith through and through. has everything I love about Aerosmith. A dirty, sexy groove to it. Uh, you, you know, the double entendre lyrics. Uh, you, you know, and Steven Tyler, man, I mean, uh, and to me, an amazing lyricist. He is like a David Lee Roth, or a Bond Scott, he is very much a shit house poet, uh, and and underappreciated, uh, you know. Because I think he comes up with some great, great fucking lyrics. I mean, even though they're on simple subjects, but hey, I mean that's that's what you know. It's not like ac talking about anything deep, or, or you know David Lee Roth for the most part. But it's the way they do it that's so clever and so like underappreciated. Because, you know, I I think there's a lot of people that try and fail, you know, but they make it seem so effortless, you don't appreciate the genius in it. And, uh, you know, hats off to Roy Harper and Steven Tyler, you know. I love this fucking song. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I feel this song is where they found the pure Aerosmith sound. Yes, sir. Uh, The first album has hints with, like, Mama Ken and Moving Out, but this one is 100% Aerosmith. Tyler's voice sounds more comf- comfortable and confident on here than the first album. The lyrics are much better here. And this is where I f- feel Stephen became Stephen Tyler as we know him. You know, well, yeah, I agree. One of the best lyrics is and and, you know, where um, in the debut uh, on this song, uh, I feel the band is uh, tight and and there's just this groove to it and the addition into instruments that you blow into that you know I hate work here uh, it adds that element of sleaze much better than what Motley did with Rattlesnake Shake you know what I mean uh, uh, uh. yeah thank you um so, uh, I love shake, this song Shake, shake, I just can't shake your love yeah right yeah B- Debbie Gibson it's like a Debbie Gibson song yeah Fuck, Doctor Feelgood, dude. What that shit's fuck? horrible. That's why I hate my our, our Facebook page. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, but um, yeah, man. And it's usually on the set list every time I see them, as it should be. Uh, it's a it's a staple Aerosmith song, and I fucking love it. So I'll go to the next one, which yes. I first heard on Live Bootleg, and then I went back and I listened to this version, and boy, I don't know, man. Maybe uh. This version's better, and I loved it. I loved it when I, it was my favorite song off Live Bootleg. I was like, "Oh my god, this song rules! I love it." But I think it's better here because um, that that didn't 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 you know the, the little piano thing? Oh
0: yeah, I love it.
1: It's just so cool. It sounds so bad. Be- it sounds so good on there. Uh, And one of the coolest lyrics ever written about picking up a chick. You know, the boasting song of a guy who can make a girl as wet. Is that that drink Ian's drinking there?
0: Down to who knows who. Just just to socialize. socialize.
1: (laughs) I'll never forget when they played this on the Dunwood Mirrors tour. I was like, yes. That was epic. Uh, oh, just man. a great driving song. Little elements that uh, enhance the uh, the song. You know, that little piano. Then it, I love that shit. And the uh, band driving along with the catchy riff and bottom end. This is definitely in my top ten of best Aerosmith songs ever. And I love how it switches the tempo and finishes off at the end. I love this song. Very well-structured and one of the greatest Aerosmith songs ever. I love Lord of the Thighs. What do you think?
0: Oh, fucking A. This is a prime reason why this is my favorite Aerosmith album. Uh, Joey Kramer said this is his favorite song to perform live. Uh, now, <laughs>. Joey Kramer and Steven Tyler both said... That they are the subject of this song's title, but as since Steven Tyler wrote it, I would think it's probably about him, in a way. But what it, what it's really about? Steven said it was very influenced around uh, the C D era uh, uh, area, uh, which they were writing and recording this album, and all the crazy characters that are around there. And it's really about a pimp. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's sung from the, uh, uh, you know, the, the point of view of a pimp.
1: Ah, I didn't know that.
0: Yes, and uh, and, and uh, even in a review of the lyrics, you know, a guy's talking about how this, this song is much darker. Uh, you know, if you really read the lyrics, which I didn't read the lyrics to this. I read the lyrics to another song that I didn't know. Because sometimes I'm weird with lyrics, you know. It's like, sometimes... You know, it's like I couldn't sit there and recite you the lyrics, but if the song came out. I'm gonna sing along, but who knows? I might get some words wrong and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, this is about the, uh, you know, and there was a bunch of pimps and, and whores and stuff around the era where they're writing this, and that's what inspired, uh, Steven Tyler, and he, he has the sole songwriting credit on this. But, uh, it just oozes, uh, sleaze and sex and, and just set what a template for, uh, for '80s hard rock and cock rock, I I, I mean I mean Aerosmith really. Uh, when you get into the sleaze rock era, I I mean you don't get that without Aerosmith. I think even more so than than Kiss. I mean Kiss has a great hard rock vibe, but when it comes to sleazy, uh, Aerosmith definitely out sleaze them, in my opinion.
1: Wow, yeah. Well, I learn something every day, man. I always thought this was uh, a song about a guy picking up a chick, you know, like.
0: Well, 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 it is, but it, it's about yeah, the-
1: a guy, a, a pimp picking up yeah. a chick for 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 business. But I always thought it was just a guy picking up a chick for, so he can fuck. Yeah, her.
0: yeah, but 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 not only is he gonna fuck her, but he's gonna fucking make some money off her yeah, ass yeah. too. You
1: know. I just love the line. Where uh, he goes, well, well, lordy, Lord my God, God, God what, what do we do? got yeah.
0: here? Yeah, she flashing on.
1: across the floor, makes it perfectly clear. Ah.
0: Oh. Better than
1: James Hill Hale- Edgefield, Like,
0: clear, uh, yeah. And uh, uh should also be noted, the lead guitar work on this is by Brad Whitford. Uh, yes. The most underrated member by far. Of and Arrow
1: technically Stone. the better guitar player
0: in Aero Stones. Yes, in yes. Well, just like, I, I mean, to me, it, it's like, uh, you know, like Mick Taylor era Stones. Right. It's all about fucking Mick Taylor. But you're never... You know, the face of that band is fucking Mick. But again, what most people don't realize... Keith is the rhythm guitar player. Right. Mick... You know, every other guitar player is technically the lead guitar player. Brian Jones was the lead guitar player. Mick Taylor was the lead guitar player. Uh, fucking uh, Ron Ron Wood, Wood. Yeah, is the lead guitar player. Uh, uh, but uh, Brad and, and Joe... There's a lot of songs where it goes back and forth. And, and Brad just... Definitely doesn't get enough credit. And what do you think of "Spaced"? "Spaced," oh my god, uh, the epitome of an album track. Okay, this isn't a single, but man, if this is not like, put it on vinyl, put your headphones on, smoke some fucking dope, or drink your little drink, snort your little snort, you know, put put the acid pill on your tongue, do whatever. And listen to space man and it's just it's just a cool fucking drugged out fucking song uh, that's meant for vinyl and headphones uh, I, I I love it I, I love album tracks like this absolutely amazing I love space what do you think oh yeah definitely
1: a headphone song uh, you know cuz it starts all trippy for headphone but then when it goes into this song that it's just basically your rock and roll type tune. It it has this this like um, trippy vibe going on, kind of buried in the mix, but it's there. You can still hear it, oh, yeah. and that's why you would need headphones to really catch it. Because I would listen to this as a kid with headphones before I smoked weed, and would like be like, "Wow, this is like totally." Pink Floydish, you know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, and there's a lot of shit on this album that if you don't have headphones on, you're probably gonna miss.
1: Yeah, you're gonna miss. But um, I think this is, um, yeah, definitely a deep track with this really infectious uh, vocal melody. I just love the way Stephen sings this song. Unfortunately, I never seen them play this live. This is a song I would love to see live. Yeah, it's very I, very
0: deep I, yes. track. I don't know if it's ever been played live. This oh. is, the, well, Well, here's one thing. Uh, you know, doing some research on Wikipedia, uh, this is, you, you know, on sometimes you, you can, you know, you get notes on the album, and sometimes they have the song highlighted where you can get even more detailed in the song. This is the only song on the album that has no history to it. Wow. Unfortunate. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, because I love this song.
1: Yeah, it, it's just, it's got really cool riffage going on in this song with all the changes. But the way it ends is kind of too quick and anticlimactic for me. Only bad thing I can say about it, the the rest is great, you know, but, you know, it's just the way it ends. I kind of feel like, oh, that was a little too abrupt, you know, but, uh, I mean, that's a a little, that's a lame-ass, bitch-ass way to, to, like, say something about a really amazing song. But it's true. I just wish it had a different type of ending. Maybe, uh, you know, rushed in the studio? Yeah, I don't know. But um, I'll take the next one. Um, All right. Woman of the World, my least favorite track on the album. I feel like it's filler, but it has some cool, catchy parts. But it's just there for me. It doesn't s- seem to... It, it was worked on enough to make it flourish because there are some great parts to this song, especially, like, you know, the part where Steven is singing just to the drum. and that I feel are wasted with what surrounds it it's not bad enough to skip because I like to hear this album in it's entirety it's one of those albums that I like just to hear from just like all Aerosmith albums in the 70s I like to drop the needle flip the album over drop the needle and take it off the fucking turntable when it's done Uh, but I don't feel uh, you know I don't know I, I just don't I, I, I don't really, like, I oh, love this song. Uh, it's not killer fiddle, f- filler, but it's not total shit either. I, I just feel it's just there. Uh, that's what I feel like, Woman of the World.
0: Well, uh, to quote the one and only Bill Wang, diggity-dang, bam, 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 I hate to piggyback on what you said, but I absolutely agree with you. This wow. is, This is my least favorite song on the album. And uh, the weird thing is, this was played routinely during the 70s, and uh, they even played it, uh, they played, they did the first verse of the song in 2012. But, uh, but they
1: would play this even after the Get Your Wings tour?
0: Yes. Wow, that's strange. Yeah, which which I'm surprised about, and it's one of the longer songs on the album, it's like one of those, like, okay, you know, it's like, get it over with already. And again, not horrible. But yeah, there's definitely something off on this, but there are good parts where you're like, "Okay, now I'm getting it now, I'm getting it." And then it's like, Man. yeah, it
1: goes into And you know, you know something I don't like about songs is the type of songs where it has that riff where the guy sings you know, you you sing a little part and then that riff goes again, then you ring you you you, you sing again with that little riff still in the middle. it always annoyed me, like songs like that. There's a lot of songs yeah. like that. This, this is, was
0: one of them, yeah. This is one Steven Tyler wrote with his former bandmate in uh, Chain Reaction, Don Solomon. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 one of those ones, like, I wouldn't go so far as to say take it off the album because I'm the same way. Th- this is an album to me in the first yeah. sense. Yeah, I um, agree.
1: This is an album that should be listened to in its entirety, even with its flaws.
0: Yeah, and and, and it's not one of those, you know, flaws that are so bad. You're like, ugh! You yeah, know, it's you hangable. Be, it's a hangable yeah, track. yeah. It, it's it's hangable, but it's one of those ones that just reminds you how the three songs you heard previously are better.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely though. My my, my least favorite song. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not it's not fucking horrible. Well, let's flip this motherfucker over and uh, go to SOS. Too bad. This is was the. Third? Ugh. This was. Ugh. The, uh, yeah, there's
1: something oh, I got something
0: to say about this song. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is the third single, third and last single from the album. Uh, and, and to me, it, it's it's short, sweet, and sleazy. Uh, it, it's kind of like "Woman of the World." I like this one better than "Woman of the World," but it, it still kind of has that 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 feeling like it could have been something better than what it is. But what I like is it's two minutes and fifty-one seconds. So even if it doesn't achieve what you wanted to achieve, uh, you, you know it's uh, uh, you, you know it doesn't stick around too long to really piss you off. But I love that you know uh, can't get me none of that. You know it's just basically about a guy you know singing and uh, about wanting some pussy, but he ain't getting none of that. So it's same old shit. Too bad. But apparently, you have a different uh, opinion of this song, so let's hear it. Well,
1: because I'm fucking Nostradamus, bro. I don't like the fact that you just slammed this song. This song rules. The only complaint I got about this song and what pisses me off about this song, this is the song that should have opened this fucking album. This is a great opening track. I love the fuck out of this song. I remember seeing them play this live, but I can't remember what tour it was. It might have been Permanent Vacation. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was a Sportatorium show. So it was either Permanent Vacation or Done With Mirrors. I know they played this one. What a great show-stopping tune. I feel this one should have opened the album. I I know it opened some of their 70s shows because I got some bootlegs where they opened the show with this. Uh, This one reminds me of something that would have fit on the first album. But it's, it's a smoking hard rock trap that should be a staple. Uh, just a great driven song with the hard rock injection I love in my rock. I think it's a great fucking tune. Well, that's what I think. Anyway, oh. so, so I'll go to the next one, which uh, again, pisses me off just like SOS. A very strange place, placement for Train up Rollin'. This song should have been the last track on the album. It screams last track. It also screams these solos way too good for Joe Perry. Uh, For years, I would say to people, this is Joe Perry's greatest guitar solo. Only to find out later with Steve Hunter and Dick Wagner. Um, Since this was the first version I've heard, I prefer it to the Yardbirds version. Yes, I agree. Though the Yardbirds version is no slouch. There's something pretty dirty sleazy hard rock about the Yardbirds version is kind of sporadic and shit. And this one is a little more honed in. And a little more, I don't know, it, it just seems... And then again, you know, there may be a guy from the 60s going, get the fuck out of here. This shit's like fucking, you know, uh, the, the Armageddon song compared to, you know, the Yardbirds yeah. version. Uh, but this was a radio staple down here too. But no more, and I think that's fucking lame, but... Uh, and yeah it's not a song I'm sick of I love it and I think the great great part of the song is not only the guitar playing but Joey Kramer what a extremely underrated drummer that guy is Yes. holy fuck and he's great on this song I just love his playing on this song and, and everybody everybody in this song
0: yeah when people talk about Peter Chris, they should really talk that way about Joey Kramer
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: in my opinion
1: well, I, no, no, but Peter Chris in the '70s, dude, he was insane. Listen to fucking uh, uh, Kiss Alive and Dress to Kill and watch the Winterland show. He was kind of Keith Moonish. I love Peter
0: Chris back then.
1: Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. What do you think of Trink Up Oh
0: my God, this is one of the greatest fucking rock songs ever, ever. But you know what? You know what Aerosmith did to me? You know what Bob Ezra did to me? They hoodwinked me. I was hoodwinked. Once again, I was much like you, Ralph. I thought, oh my god, this is fucking Whitford and Perry at their fucking finest. And when I found out that this wasn't them, I haven't been that crushed since I found out my favorite Ace Fraley solo wasn't Ace Fraley. You, You know, I'm like... Oh my God! You just ruined my childhood. Like, oh, oh my God! And and, and the bitch of it is, is it's like, it's not that that those, uh, you know, players couldn't play that, but I guess what they were coming up in the studio, they couldn't write it, you know, and and uh, you know, and and it's sad, but oh my God, the guitar on this is so fucking good. And then when it stops and starts up and. With that drumming, man! Oh my god! And when it kicks back into that. Oh, I'm like, oh my god! I mean, if that. I mean, that is just. That is is fucking rock and roll. Fucking, you know, like. When I think of rock and roll, I mean, that is. Is just like Chuck Berry and Little Richard and fucking Bill Haley in the comments. And, and Elvis, bro! And uh, Buddy Holly, as it gets, you know, I'm like, yes, it's so simplistic, but it's so like, fuck, everybody fucking dance. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's so like bang your head and like, oh my God, when that kicks in. Oh God,
1: it's so fucking good. And it's so fucking good uh, because we got to hand it to Bob Ezrin for bringing those guitar players in. I'm not sure if Brad Whitford was as badass. Uh, well, no, Lord of the
0: Thighs. Yeah, he was bad. He probably could have pulled it off. Well, well, again, the, the only fair way to judge is if by, by you know, any way they'd put out a box set where we could hear what they originally came up with. Oh, you think it was recorded with those two first? Oh, I know it was. Well, I, I, but and, and, and by I say I know it was, is they had to do something in order for Bob Ezra to say, no, you're not cutting it. So By the way, a
1: shout-out to Pandora's Box.
0: Great box set. Oh, I love Pandora's Box. I got that. Love it. I love it. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, shit, I never would have known of Whitford uh, St. Holmes without that.
1: Oh, exactly. I had Sharpshooter on there,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, Sharpshooter. And for years, I was looking for that album because of Sharpshooter. Because that was one of my favorite songs on the box set. Uh... But anyway, I mean, to me, that's the only fair way to judge. But then again, you know, it's, it's one of those things that probably no matter what they did, we've lived with this for, for fucking, you know, decades. So, of course, this is going to be what we love, We you know, we love the most. But I, I would have loved to hear what they did, and I would like to judge it for myself. Like, is it that bad? Like... When they did the uh, the destroyer, and they put out Ace Frehley's you know original oh, song, oh yeah, which was great, yeah, and I loved it. I was like, what's wrong with that? You know, to my ear. I know, right? I and liked it, it more than
1: the Dick Wagner version. And Sweet Pain is a song I've always loved.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those like well, I'm like, well, what's wrong with what Ace did? Because I think that's really fucking cool, you know? Yeah, I, and Total, I mean, total I mean, Ace too. Yeah, and, and, and it's and it's a different scenario than, you know, the Alive 2 studio songs, because that's, you know, Ace just didn't even give a fuck enough to show up. So, you know, there was no, like, uh you know, Ace did a solo to fucking Larger Than Life that, no you know, wasn't good enough. He just didn't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't get a cool person to go in there and pretend
0: to be Ace fairly. Oh, I know. Fuck Bob Kulik. And, and, and I, I hate to say that because, I mean, the, the guy's got... T- it's his personality that fucking yeah. rubs me the wrong way. And just, you know, the way he's constantly got to put down Ace. Because well, Ace stole your job, motherfucker. Because, you know, you're not as cool as fucking Ace. I'm sorry. See, the
1: thing is that I am, like, the real perfect side of Jimmy Page where Ace Fairly is the sloppy part of Jimmy Page. What a douche. Yeah fuck
0: and, 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 and you know where it's like, it, Ace has hair and women want to fuck him and I'm a ball-headed fuck.
1: Yeah, thank God yeah. fucking his hair receded early or else it'd be a whole different story. Right. You know, we, we, we'd be like, okay, Paul Stanley, you are no longer King Douche of Kiss.
0: Right. But uh, but to, to get back to this song, it, it, it's so amazing. And think
1: about it. I'm sorry, we got to get back to Bob Hewlett. Okay. And think about it that guy probably would have never left Kiss. Think about it. He wasn't like a party Oh, hell no. He would have been there the whole fucking time. Ew. All right. hell, and hell. remember, imagine the Bob Kulik solo album in 78. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> you, know, you know, he would have redone Paul's song and called I Know You Want to Know Me.
0: Oh, God. It would have been worse than fucking Crimson Idol. <sighs> but, uh, But this song, I mean, from the first time I heard it, uh, I was like, oh, my God, this is rock and roll personified. I mean, it doesn't get any fucking better than this. And that's why I was so blown away, you know, when I went to my show and I saw the reaction for this show. And I was like, I mean, for this song. And I was like, what's wrong with you people? What's right? Yeah, th- this this is the real shit. This is the relevant, relevant, real deal. Holy field. Don't, why don't all you hookers and hoes know how I feel? You know, you know. Oh my God! I mean, I I cannot think. Well, I, well. I mean, there's one one other song on this album to come. But if it wasn't for that, this would be my favorite Aerosmith song of all time. It's a cover, and, though. And it's a cover, but still. Still, they made this their fucking own, the same way that fucking Van Halen did, You Really Got Me. I I, I mean, sometimes you just steal a song that you didn't write and you make it your own. Right. You you know, because you you give it even more personality and and you take something great and you make it just, you know, godly. And and that's what, you know, because I love the fucking kinks. I love the original You Really Got Me. Fucking Van Halen pissed all over that motherfucker and made it their own. Same way Aerosmith did with this. And then you gotta remember, you know, fucking Yardbirds didn't fucking write this motherfucker. You know, Yardbirds was probably like the fourth band to cover this song. It originally came out in 1951. Uh, and it was kind of a boogie woogie song. But, you, you know, it's like, this is so everything that is hard rock. Everything that I love about music is in this fucking song. And, and I never, ever, ever get sick of it. Every time I hear it, I just wait for that part where, you know, like, where fucking uh, Joey Kramer just starts kicking back in, like, you know, like, and then, oh, my God, I mean, that's... I mean, listening to that, you... I
1: vision Steven Tyler twirling around with that microphone with his. Scars, oh, yes. Going yes. around in
0: circles. Oh, ah, yes, that's Some good shit, man. And, and, and fucking Joe Perry with his shirt open, guitar hanging down low, fucking yeah. ha- hair yeah, mess, you know.
1: Badass, you know, with a little oh, silver streak
0: in his hair. That yeah. was just so cool. Dude, just rocking fucking raping roll, man. I mean. Yeah, these guys strayed, dude. They 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 strayed, but you know, fuck fuck all you that forgive Kiss for yeah, all their fuck- exactly. They and, and, did not
1: hurt their legacy in my yeah, eyes.
0: Yeah, and and, and to no me, band does. And to to me, Kiss has done way worse to fuck their legacy than Aerosmith ever did. You and think High Aeros- and Dry sounds any worse?
1: Fuck no, that shit still rules.
0: Right. You know, res- res- respect the old shit, and, and you know, and whether this episode does good or not, I don't give a fuck. Because the people matter. who don't listen, fuck you. Don't matter you know, because you, you hear, it, you
1: see, you see those people right now that are listening to my voice right now. That's all that matters.
0: That's right. That's That's right. There'll be like three thousand more people that listen to Hot in the Shade, and that's that. You have to live with that, not us. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. But, uh, oh, my God, what a stellar fucking song. And, and and what what could be the only thing on this album that's better than this? I mean, what could top this fucking song? Oh, I know it can. Ralph,
1: why don't you tell me about it? The next one. Seasons of Weather," the best Aerosmith song of all time, hands down. Everything about it screams perfection. And originality. Never heard an Aerosmith song like this before or after. Even, not even a lame attempt to re- reinvent this song, because how could they? It's impossible. They hit every fucking mark possible on this song: the melody, vocals, guitars, bass, and some cool drumming to the to complement this song. No showing off here at all. That, ooh, woe is me, I feel bad. Fuck, man, what an amazing song. If you ever have a hard time coming to porn, put this song on and you will explode Peter North style. Nothing Aerosmith has done this cool. Oh, believe me, they've done some cool shit. But, man, I mean... They have done some exceptional work back in the 80s, some uh, some, you know, whatever I'm trying to say. It's Friday night, I'm drunk. But this song is the cream that rises to the top. Best song ever written by the Boston Bad Boys and I stick to that. Thank you,
0: Ian. Well, you're absolutely right. It's my all-time favorite fucking Aerosmith song. This
1: is a this is a very rare occasion.
0: Yeah, yeah, very rarely do
1: awesome. Ian and I share a favorite song
0: yeah but sometimes you know what gets in the way of our egos and our opinions science yeah that's true and science says this is the greatest Aerosmith song of all time I know so many people who've said they want this played at their fucking funeral yeah. uh, you know and it's just it's, it's amazing and you know it's one of those every time I listen to this uh, you know, I'm taken back to the first time I heard it and the magic. And this is a song that, that truly, to me, conveys the power of music and the, and the power of good music. Because when, when I listen to this, I could either have the, the biggest smile, a three-mile smile, if you will, on my face. Or I could be brought to tears by the beauty of this fucking song. I mean this is a perfect song and that little uh, and and the perfect uh, fadeaway uh, from train kept a rolling into this. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, something I forgot to mention during train kept a rolling all the concert noise that's from the concert for Bangladesh. <laughs> they they stole they stole audience for that wow. from train kept It rolling. Didn't know that. Yes, and the way but the way that it rolls into this. See this is my you, you uh, You want to talk about placement? Like you think SOS should have you know opened up this album? And I I still think Train kept a rolling. Yeah. You said Train kept a rolling should have ended it. No, I I I disagree. I think it should have been Train kept a rolling into this to end the album because that that segue from Train kept a rolling into this and this is the most quintessential fucking headphone song by far on this album. But the way it starts off and that 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 the acoustic guitar that starts it off is Steven oh. Tyler. Oh wow. Yes, Wow. That is Steven Tyler. Uh Joey Kramer found a uh a uh an acoustic guitar in the fucking garbage. And 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 grabbed it out of the gar uh, out of, like the neighbor's garbage. They put four strings on it cuz that's all you could put on it cuz like the tuning stocks were broke and this song and the next song were written on that guitar. That they hauled out of the garbage, and 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 Stephen Tyler came up with this, and that's him playing that acoustic intro. Uh, it's one of uh, Stephen Tyler's favorite fucking uh, Aerosmith songs, I believe. It's Joe Perry's favorite Aerosmith ballad. I mean, it's just so amazing, and what I really love, and and just oh my god, to me makes the fucking song right before it goes into the second chorus is in the background you know what i'm talking about right ralph yes oh my god and then it just kind of builds and builds and builds and then it goes you know and then it you know that takes the wind right out of your sales get up oh and the band oh oh Oh, kicks up kicks up a notch a little bit there oh and the way it's when he hits the words when he hits the word sales and, and you hear it in both fucking headphones I mean it goes from like a like a you can tell it's a single track vocal to where when he hits the word sales you can tell it's like quadruple fucking track and it just the way it explodes in your fucking ears it just shows you how fucking beautiful music can be and how powerful and dude I, I just I can't sing enough praise about this I could listen to this on a fucking loop all fucking day, never get tired. This motherfucker to me makes Dream On" sound like fucking crying. I I mean, this song is that fucking good. And this is a band that that in the 70s wrote some amazing uh, fucking ballads. You know, like Home Tonight. What's the one on fucking toys? You uh, a gr- a gr- see, see me crying. Yeah. Oh, love. You see me crying. Great fucking song. I mean, I mean, some really, you know, and e- even on Night in the Ruts, I love, uh, you know, Mia. You know, you know. Oh some, yeah. Some some amazing songs. But to me, I, I, I mean, there's one that stands head and shoulders above the rest, and that's Seasons of Fucking Wither. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's it's just art. And and again, you know, it's just like put some goddamn headphones on. You know, I always, I always tell people, you know, I'm curious when, uh, you know, when I do my radio show because I, I wonder how people listen to it. Because me, you know, I'm in my bedroom on my laptop doing it, but I don't listen to it through my fucking computer. I send it over to, I've got a, I've got a really nice sound bar for my TV, so I send the sound to that because I want to hear music. When I'm listening to music, you know, I want to hear it really good. And I just, like, I shudder at the thought of somebody listening to my show, like, through laptop speakers, you know, or, or listening on their fucking phone. Because now, with, with Bluetooth technology, you can do so, I mean, look at that, that big speaker I got when you came and visited me. Badass. You know, Oh, my God, is that thing badass. I take that on my porch all the time, and I can either play my phone through that, I can play my computer through that. I've got to think my record player... You know, of course I'm not going to take my record player outside, but I take that speaker out there and I play the records, you know, I listen to them outside and I get that same great dark rich tone. And 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 there, there's so many great ways to hear music, but if you listen to it through shitty speakers on a laptop or shitty speakers on a phone, uh, you know, or even even if you got headphones on, if you get, you know, if you got those little stupid earbuds on, there's nothing like old school like, 70s headphones. You know the ones that go over your fucking ears? That encompass- that's what I'm wearing now. That's what I'm wearing now. Yeah. I mean, that... You know, and you don't have to buy Beats or, you know, shit like that that's totally over-fucking-priced. I mean, it's great if you can afford it, but if you can't, there's plenty of good headphones on. But, man, to listen to music like this through headphones and to hear every little nuance, every little fucking ping on the guitar, every beat of the drum, every little sound effect. This this is the epitome of that kind of song. I mean, it's it's not Pink Floyd, but it's Pink Floyd-esque for fucking Aerosmith. And it's just a beautifully structured and beautifully sang song. Uh, absolutely amazing. And it's so good. Uh, to me, it, it, it lessens the last song because... You can't follow this. This should have ended it. Like, okay, the ride's over. But that's not to say I do not, not like the next song, Pandora's Box. Uh, I just feel like it should have went SOS, Pandora's Box, then Train Kept It rolling and Seasons of Wither. But now we're on to Pandora's Box, and uh, I, I dig it. I, I dig it. It's a good song. This was uh, written with... Steven Tyler and Joey Kramer. Joey Kramer's first co-writing credit on an Aerosmith album. And uh, again, like I said, it was written on the same guitar that, that Joey found in a dumpster outside the apartment they were in. And uh, it's it's good. It, it's a good song. It, but the problem is it always comes up after Seasons of Wither. And and to me, there's just some songs you can't follow. You know, like even... Uh, correct me if I... am did, did Stairway to Heaven end side one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, even if it doesn't end the album, it's got to at least end the fucking side. <laughs> you know what I mean, kids? Yeah. You, you listening? Is this thing on? Hello? Uh, yeah. Uh, how, how do you follow that up? Pandora's Box is a good fucking song, but it's not fucking that good, if you know what I mean. Uh, At least my opinion. But I I, I do love the song. Just bad, bad placement. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Nah. I mean, the only good thing I can say about this song is it's better than Women of the World. But really not by much. It does seem more care went into this than Women of the World, but it just does nothing for me. For me, this album ends with Seasons of Wither, like you said. Right. Uh, when this comes on I just deal and wait till it's done out of respect from the amazing songs that I do like on this album right. uh, but you know actually I'm not really a fan of this song but I respect it and yeah I I, I think it's a little better than women in the world because it, it does seem like a little more care was taken into it uh, right. and, but not not a favorite and that's probably why you know, I put this in Woman of the World like, you know, it's not really good songs and that's why I probably, it's not as solid as the ones that I, cause, you know I mean, to me, Rocks and uh, Night in the Ruts and Toys in the Attic to me, there's not a bad song on any of them, but uh, as much as I don't uh, suffer burnout factor, I gotta admit, man Walk This Way and Sweet Emotions, I'm pretty burnt out on Yeah, you know, those those two songs they, they're always on the radio, I'm like let me see what else is on. If not, I'll go right. back to it. Right. And they're great songs.
0: Well, they well, are that, great songs. But that, that's just, my whatever. thing with this: is besides same old song and dance, there's not too much you hear nowadays on the radio, so it doesn't have that burnout factor. Right. Where, like, I never ever need to hear "Walk This Way" or "Sweet Emotion" again. Yeah, those are Or, 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 or to, to a lesser extent, "Back in the Saddle." And I love those songs. Don't get me wrong, but I mean just. You know, like ah, uh, but but you know, when when I hear an album like this. It's like they're my songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know them. <laughs> you know, shit, even
1: to a lesser extent. Fucking Night in the Ruts. You know, I mean that album. No, nobody knows anything off
0: of I know, and I love Night. I love Night in the Ruts. Wait, but like well, we both agree, our least favorite is Draw the Line. Yeah. Uh, even there's
1: act, there, but there's actual songs on on Draw the Line that I'm like, oh, this is really bad.
0: You know, Right, but I've seen some people on the page say that's one of their favorite ones out of the 70s. It blows my mind. But
1: it does have Kings and Queens,
0: oh, Cypher Sore
1: Eyes, yeah. I Want to Know Why I Love, the title track. There's some great shit on, you know, I'm not going to sign right, the album. Yeah, it's not a
0: horrible album, but just compared to the other.
1: It just has some really bad songs in there, you know? Yeah, The one that Joe Perry sings, what is that? Bright Night Fright, I think?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things like you can blame it on the drugs, but fuck, they were on just as many drugs on the other albums, and like even look at the one at night the Ruts is like miles above Draw the Line. And, my a, and they were so fucked up that Joe Perry left the band during it. Right. Shit. Yeah. I would almost take fucking Rocking a Hard Place over Draw the Line. Um. Almost. Almost. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're about what? And what?
1: Yeah, they're both great, but they both have clunkers on it.
0: Right, right, but uh, shit, uh, oh my god, uh, fucking, uh, Rockin the hard place, probably has my my third favorite Aerosmith ballad,
1: crime Pier- River.
0: Oh, my that song god. is
1: just oh so my. mind-blowingly good. Oh my god, oh man, the I, way Steven delivers that song is heart-wrenching.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I went, I went through a breakup where I listened to that one. I not
1: <laughs> sure it's oh, not that. as good as Justin Timberlake but it's great
0: yes oh my god their their cover of Crimea river is
1: yeah
0: dude yeah, yeah. that's favorite funny. song
1: that's... off that album mine
0: oh yeah that oh definitely my favorite too I would love to, and, and hey I love jail uh jailbait and fucking lightning strikes lightning
1: strikes yeah
0: uh you know but oh I, I I would love to go to an Aerosmith concert and see them play play that that yeah I've never would, seen
1: them play it uh, yeah i seen them play jailbait and uh i saw that tour but yeah. the problem was that they opened for journey i mean they did a yeah i don't know i guess an That's, over an hour start, yeah but, so, so
0: you get like a greatest headset
1: yeah but i remember jailbait was played that night and it jig is up and uh lightning strikes and i believe the title track
0: yeah, great songs yeah they're all great songs yeah
1: all right so there you go got any backstory on this great album
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, did nothing when it came out. Uh, three singles were released. Uh, the three singles were Same Old Song and Dance, uh, SOS, and Train Kept a Rolling. None of them charted. But nowadays, people sobered up, and it has since gone triple platinum. Uh, was their first recording with Jack Douglas, who would go on to produce their next four albums. Uh, you know, the classic Aerosmith albums. And uh, it's just one of those I, I think doesn't get uh, enough credit. It's everybody's always toys or, or fucking rocks. And, and I, I, I totally agree with the praise those albums get, and they should get those. But uh, I'm also, you know, this is my favorite, but I'm also a huge fan of the first album. I love the first album for what it is. Oh, yeah, it's different, but it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, to, to me, they, they didn't find their sound. That was one of those... It showed their influences, but this is where they found their sound. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like I said, this is this is my go-to if I'm going to listen to Aerosmith. And, uh, I, I hope we make people with any review either revisit it and, and, and fall in love with it all over again or fall in love with it for the first time. Uh, you know, and, and it, like I said, it's easy to pick on Aerosmith because of what they became and what happened to them, but uh, you know, it, it's it's the same thing with fucking Kiss people. Kiss put out some fucking tripe shit, but it doesn't take away from the magic uh, that that the '70s era Kiss did for you. You know, well, it, that's
1: the shit, man. It's just like Aerosmith. Se, uh, '70s Kiss, '70s Aerosmith is fucking great, man. With a couple clunkers, but for the most part, it's fucking amazing music. Music, yeah. amazing rock, hard rock and roll.
0: Yes, sir. So, uh, do you have a uh, a fan of the week? I mean, I'm sorry. Do you have a pick of the week? I sure do. And uh, I just
1: got this in the mail, and it is amazing. If you're a fan of the police, you need to pick up the Blu-ray. Can't stop, can't stand losing you. Oh, uh, great
0: movie! You saw it, huh? Oh yes. I yeah, saw
1: it. it's surviving the police. It's uh, told by, it's narrated by Andy Summers, and it's supposed to be an Andy Summers thing. Like, you know, because it does have the history of Andy Summers. He was in the new, the new Animals and all this shit. But when he gets into the police, it's a goddamn police documentary. You know, they say this shit ain't no Andy Summers. Just Andy Summers talking about the police. Very well done. Very well detailed. Amazing footage of the early years all the way up to synchronicity. And the reunion. And, uh, and nothing is left out. There's a lot of dirt in it. Um, you know there's a lot of you know the problems with staying uh, were, were just mentioned here and it, it's no fluff piece and uh, I absolutely enjoyed kicking back watching this and I want to thank uh, somebody for getting me this um, and uh, that's my pick of the week I love this blu-ray a lot I can't wait to watch it again it's one of those that I want to watch again uh, but every time I watch something I always give it like a few months you know but it's great. That's my pick of the week. Can't Stand Losing You, Surviving the Police, Blu-ray, and I believe it's also available on DVD. you right. cheap fucks.
0: Nice. All right. Well, my pick of the week is uh, an amazing box set. And, oh, my God, I can't wait. I already have, like, a an MP3 copy that uh, the amazing uh, Mr. X got me. But I'm getting... My, well, I guess you could call it physical copy. But it's a box set by Frank Zappa. And it's Halloween 77. He did four nights at the Palladium in New York uh, during the week of Halloween 1977. The first two nights, he did two shows each night. And then uh, on Halloween Eve, he did one. And, and then he did a, a, a full show on Halloween. You can get this box set. It comes... With a full-blown '70s-era Halloween costume of Frank Zappa, and nice. you know what I'm talking about with that—where it's the mask with the rubber band on the back, and right. and like the plastic poncho you put over it. Yeah, it, it, is that a real poncho or is that a Sears poncho? Uh, Zappa fans will get that. Uh, but it's amazing—you get the box set. It's it's all six concerts on a uh, on a USB. That you can either plug into your computer or you can plug it into your Blu ray player. So, like if you have a, a better sound system, uh, you know, like your computer hooked up to a better sound system, or like, you know, you got like a huge theater set up in your living room, you can plug it into your Blu ray player. Uh, I've listened to it, it's absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, it's weird for, for a box set of six shows that were back to back. Uh, the set list is almost identical. But there's just different nuances and different stuff that makes it worth the fucking money. Uh, I, no artist, I, th- I, I think at all, has had a bigger impact uh, on my musical taste uh, than Frank Zappa. Because it it expanded me to musicianship. Uh, I, I, I love metal. I love pop, I, I, I love all this shit, but when I fully got into Zappa, that's when I, I started paying attention to bass players, to drummers, you know, to to more musicality, uh, I, I love his humor, I love his social commentary, uh, to me he is like the Bach, or, you know, the Igor Stravinsky, uh, you know, the Wagner, he's he, a modern day composer unfortunately i never got to see him but this was music i was raised on but when i was younger i would just listen to the songs and i would laugh because of you know the funny lyrics you know because zappa didn't even want to do music with lyrics he would he he was really about music but he's like you know what if i'm gonna write lyrics you know he would he would he said there was nothing more detrimental to modern society Than uh, the conventional love song and I thought that was great because he goes it sets up such unrealistic expectations of people of what love is and anybody who's in a relationship knows that's true not every song is a journey song not every love is perfect you know life just fucking happens and shit happens but he's like so you know what he he goes there's just something about people who want to hear a voice attached to music but if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it my way, and I'm either gonna make fun of you, fucking idiots, or you know, I'm gonna do social commentary. And I think he did both, excellent. But his music far surpassed all of that. And uh, and, and and really, I mean, just to me, he is the great. He's my favorite guitar player of all time. I mean, I mean, my favorite metal guitar player of all time, of course, is Tony Iommi. Uh, probably my top three are, you know, Frank Zappa, Tony Iommi, and Eddie Van Halen. Uh, are my favorite guitar players of all time. And that's no disrespect to all the other greats, just having to be my favorites. Uh, but I'm, I'm very excited that I've turned other people on to Frank's music uh, because he's no he's no longer with us. And it was always like a cult uh, thing, a cult following. There's not a lot of people who could get into it. And, and to know that I could do that, that's why it's so important on my radio show like every week you know, I, I, I do a segment that's, you know, bookend by Frank Zappa because I want this music to live on. I want people to realize the genius and, and discover other forms of music through Frank because he covered every gamut. And uh, also, Frank Zappa's favorite Black Sabbath song was Supernat. So, what the fuck does that tell you? You know, I know. You know I, what I played last time on my radio show? What's that? Why does it hurt when I pee? Love it. I love it. Uh. And I also love uh, I love Ozzy's story about meeting Frank Zappa, and he talks about how Black Sabbath was so nervous to meet Frank Zappa because to them like he was another level, you know, like he was a god, you know, he was like the Beatles or something like that. He's just a genius, and they're like, oh, we're just this band. And it turned out that Frank Zappa loved Black Sabbath, and and he starts talking to him. He's like, oh my god, he goes. Supernaut is the best riff I've ever heard. And they're, they were blown away. <laughs> you know, because, you know, they, they looked at him with the same reverence that I look at Frank Zappa. But, uh, you know, he even knew when it's a great riff, it's a great fucking riff and it don't get much better than Supernaut. Am I right?
1: Yeah, it's actually mentioned in the book that came with uh, the, the, the... Oh, man, I can't remember it. But I bought a box set from Black Sabbath um called the war years or something like that uh which you can't purchase in the united states and now it's going over it's amazing it's over a thousand dollars now to buy it uh i bought it it's not available in the U.S., but i have a friend in england and she uh i sent her the money she bought it for me and brings this nice book inside and yeah it has that quote from frank zappa in the
0: book yeah so so there you go so uh Frank Zappa Halloween 77 that is my pick of the week all right well now it's time to go to fan of the week and fan of the week this week is Ben and I hope I'm pronouncing this right Ben Burham Ben Burham uh he he, he's newer at least to me on the Facebook page but I see him contributing a lot and posting and uh he had a post that made me chuckle uh yesterday he said, "Love this tune. Peter's album has really grown on me," and he posted, uh, "You matter to me." <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I, I know because you hate it, and that's that. And I even put on that. I go, "That's the only song I like on that fucking album." But I see Ben posting a lot and participating. That's what we always ask of a fan of the week. When you when you join the page, you know that's that's why I put up the thing about the questions. You know, because I want you to work to join this page. Not because I'm, you know, l- like an elitist asshole, you know, which I am, but you know, it's it, it's like, don't join the page just to join. Join it to become part of the fucking insanity uh, that is the page, man. Because you guys make this page so fucking crazy, and I love the post. I love the way everybody interacts, and uh, and it is. It's an ex- it's an extension of the show. And it's something I look forward to. I contribute Monday through Friday. You know, Ralph, you're on there all the time. And uh, it's a great way to communicate to us, to tell us what you love about the show, or maybe what you don't like, or, you know, just to talk things hard rock and, and metal or even any type of music. I, I saw a guy wrote today, uh, you know, he's like, hey, what do you guys think of Brian Adams? You know, and he was talking about how Brian Adams wrote on, you know, uh, Creatures of the Night and stuff and uh, you know you can talk about whatever you want except for Sammy you say something positive about Sammy you're fucking gone Yeah, <laughs> as it should be as it should be but uh, Brian Burnham thank you very much you are a fan of the week please spread the word and uh, keep coming back
1: alright Brian
0: uh, Ben oh Ben, ben. you just <laughs> said Brian oh did I please well me out. I've been drinking All right, well, let's get to the plugs.
1: Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favourite musicians, producers, journalists and show hosts comments on the
0: albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8pm. UK time, 3pm Eastern, Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it, don't be a cunt.
1: Hey rock music fans, this is Terence Reardon of the Terence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on
0: my life, and I'm usually joined by a friend or two, or ten, and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with viewers truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends
1: Audiovisual Podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively
0: on YouTube. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com.
1: All right, Kiss Army.
0: Since 2007... You've been getting Podkissed, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkiss crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss talk like no one else. Whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Jay Fray, and
1: you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss.
0: The Podkiss. The Kiss Audio Fanzine for your ears. All right, this is the Ayatollah Alcoholer Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like too. Check me out every Saturday. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on soundforia.com. I'll see you there.
1: Hey, this is DJ Mack. I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike. Mind Over Metal. You can find us at mindovermetalpodcast.com. We're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from. Oh, yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube so check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music news discussion and reviews that's the mind over metal podcast download it subscribe to it today hey headbangers you want your own radio show well you got it on thursday nights here on that metal station join me on the dr fuck show go in the chat room and i will make you my co-host that's right Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks, then I ain't playing it. Because my show rules. And only songs that rule is allowed. Right here on that metal station, The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then they repeat it on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Whoa, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker.
0: Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean that you're com and iTunes. Speaker. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simpson bootlegs, and Mister T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The true alternative podcast
0: all right well if you enjoyed this show and god damn it you better have because it's a pretty good fucking show come back next week when it's either one episode we got done or it's another one we're going to do in a couple days from now but either way it is thoroughly going to entertain
1: exactly Unless I have another meltdown then you're going to have to wake again
0: ah fuck don't worry. Well, hope- I got laid this week. Oh, well, then definitely come back next Sunday to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. She licked my ass. Ooh.